0: Michigan State, Texas Tech, Virginia, and Auburn. The tournament is down to four, so who comes out on top? With two teams playing in the program's first Final Four, will a first-time performer reign supreme, or will another storied program reclaim the throne? All that and more right now. It's Tuesday Takeover. Final Four, <laughs> Tuesday Takeover, Logan Weber, Tucker Quinn, Austin McNorton. We even have our sports director for KZLX here in the studio with us, Trevor Mater. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys, I mean, all you guys that have been listening to the show, anybody following college basketball, you guys know what time it is. We've reached the Final Four. I mean, it's it's been a ridiculous amount. I mean, just, just a crazy couple of, a week or so, I should say. A lot of crazy games, a lot of lot of interesting storylines and games to talk about here. So the first thing we're going to talk about, of course, we have to do it as students of Northwest Missouri State. You've got to discuss something
1: happened over the weekend. Didn't yeah, you? I
0: mean, we, we got to discuss what went down in Evansville this week. Of course, the Northwest Missouri State men's basketball team won their second national championship in three years, completing a thirty-eight and zero perfect season, defeating Point Loma on um saturday so i mean just a huge win for for coach mccollum and that on all the players and just a huge win for not only them but for the entire school as a whole
2: fifth team ever to do it right
3: yes fifth team first since oh eight
0: oh nine i think so yeah since uh, finley Finley prep or finley
3: yeah yeah. Yeah. i think
0: oh eight was finley california
1: in oh eight oh nine yep It was truly awesome. Um, Simply based on that tournament, this team kind of faced more adversity than they really did all season long with uh, two of their starters being injured and Joey Wittes and Diego Bernard didn't even play in that uh, first game and Joey didn't play a half of that first game. And so you looked at the young guys and and – Coach Mack got kind of – do you guys see that press conference where he kind of got emotional talking about those guys who didn't even play in, like, the Central Region tournament but came up and sealed the game off in those final minutes on Wednesday? Guys like Xavier Rhodes and and Kirk Finley, maybe some guys who come off the bench but performed really well. And then we saw uh, Trevor Hudgens lead the way on Wednesday and Thursday, and then Saturday was just awesome.
2: You know, and I thought I saw that through the regional tournament. It wasn't even in the national championship weekend, the Elite Eight weekend. I mean, you got Tyler Doherty paying yep. huge minutes for a Southern Nazarene in the regional here in Maryville to come in and guard that 6'11 center that they had, and he did his job too. So, I mean – it was just really, really impressive to see. I mean, you had all year long. It's a long. deep team that really hasn't been seen
1: as a deep team. Absolutely. Because it only goes about seven deep. Absolutely. But when they're called upon, they rise. They rose to the occasion.
3: And I think we saw guys do do things they weren't necessarily super comfortable or accustomed doing. But a guy like Ryan Welty, he's not known to really do anything outside of shooting the three. He played, dunked it. Played great defense <laughs> all throughout the tournament, um, even in the regional against Missouri Southern. Had a big block that kind of shifted the momentum. And then, yeah, he took more two-point shots, I think, in the Elite Eight and Final Four at national title game than I've ever seen him yeah. take. Had a dunk um, and just played all around. And then had around. to guard the Division Two yeah. Player of the Year on right. a Saturday. really stellar job. Yeah, yeah. So I agree. Everyone just kind of did what they were supposed to do and maybe even a little bit more than what they were supposed to do. Yeah,
0: and I mean, the, the most notable thing for me was that Elite Eight matchup. You don't have Diego. Joey gets hurt, so of course you mentioned Ryan Welton. He was kind of forced into doing a little bit of what uh, of what Joey would do, setting a lot of ball screens, pick and pop action with Trevor, and those sorts of things. And yeah, I mean he had a, a dunk, which I don't know if he's done that in his three years here on campus. I don't know that he's done that ever, <laughs> from, from what I've been told. Um, he just yeah, he just doesn't see. I've seen him do it a couple times in like pregame, but mostly I mean yeah. it's ninety nine percent three pointers. And then for a guy like Xavier Rhodes, who has gotten limited time really as a freshman, which you kind of expect with the Northwest program, people look at at Diego Bernard and say like, but Diego's doing it. Diego is an outlier. Diego is something that that we don't have here on campus very often in, in any sport. So, but for Xavier to come in in that Elite Eight game and play seventeen minutes, when I think he was averaging seven, a game. yeah, with almost I mean, over double the amount of minutes that he'd averaged during the course of the season. And a lot of games, I mean, there were some games he didn't play at all. I mean, he yeah. didn't play at all in the national championship game and other games throughout the season. So for for those guys, for Tyler and and Xavier and guys like that to get huge minutes at really key important parts of the season was was really astounding and really important for next year but also a really cool thing for this year and i mean got to give a lot of credit to to coach mccollum and and, i mean zach schneider and the rest of that coaching staff along with the players i mean just just a remarkable season for them second national championship in three years um a lot of national recognition which is really cool but at the same time makes me very (laughs) very nervous i mean you've seen some of the things i know um a couple of people inside the sports media department here were retweeting and subtweeting uh, the Marlins man yesterday, who came out uh, had a tweet earlier in the week after Northwest won, like Northwest Bearcats, congratulations, Dick Vitale. I mean CBS yep. Sports. Re- I mean just so much stuff of, uh, on Northwest, CBS Sports, and just so many national nationally recognized things about about the basketball team. That's so cool, and, and that's so important for this program. But it does make me nervous because. This program feeds so much off of what Ben McCollum does and, and how he is, and, and the I don't think some people realize just how important he is, not only to the basketball program, but to Northwest as a whole. I mean, this guy this guy epitomizes what it is to be a Northwest Missouri State Bearcat. I mean, he, he really does, and I think he's the best coach in Division II. I, I, I don't know if there's any other argument. Really close. And and so, (laughs) And and so, and winning two national championships in three years. And of course, you could play the what if game uh, with last year if if Justin Pitts doesn't get hurt. If they decide to pull Trevor's red shirt because Trevor has exceeded expectations over everybody the way he He played this season, lead
1: eight most outstanding player.
0: So if if. If JP doesn't get hurt, if if they pull Trevor's red shirt, maybe maybe we're looking at three straight national championships. I mean, you just—it's a what if scenario. But as of right now, you're looking at two in three years. Hosted the regional four straight years. You look at what Chris Beard is doing at Texas Tech, who in his third season at Texas Tech, after being a head coach at Division II Angelo State, has it, in his second year had them in an Elite Eight, and now in his third year has them playing. In a Final Four with a legitimate shot at a national championship, I mean, there's going to be a lot of teams that are going to look at that and be like, "Well, look Here's at what example. look at what he's doing at Texas Tech." Ben McCollum yeah. is having more success at Northwest than he than than Beard had it at, at Angelo State. So why don't we give him a shot and those sorts of things? And as a as a Northwest student, as a Bearcat basketball fan, I am so and somebody that's around Mac quite a bit and working for the athletics department it makes me really happy to see him have that level of success but it also makes me very very nervous because, of, because I know what he means to this program.
3: I've also seen a lot of similarities in kind of Beard's coaching style and the way his teams play to how um, McCallum and Northwest play obviously it's different levels Big 12 Division 2 entirely different but I, I do think that kind of should make us a little nervous down the road that there are people that are seeing this and could potentially make moves, and he could be a hot commodity.
2: Just one more thing before we move into the NCAA Division I talk. Um, And just to go off Logan's thing about how impressive uh, the national recognition is, um, CBS Sports chose to cover three events this year, the 2019 calendar year, Um, one of them being the NCAA Division II National Championship, the second one being the Masters here in two weeks, and the third one being the Players' Championship also on the PGA Tour. So just to be put in that conversation is absolutely ridiculous to me. Um, but I have to talk one more thing about <laughs> about about um, the experience that uh, Austin and I had firsthand in Evansville. Um, but I just want to say how much adversity that the Bearcats had to go through, just you know, outside the whole roster issue, the injury issue, and I really and I hate 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 criticizing officiating absolutely hate criticizing officials because there's no place for that they're very important to the sport and if we don't have them we don't get to play but it was we as a northwest missouri state bearcat basketball team had to be not only the ncaa division two player of the year in point loma and um with that player but we dalton, also Thomas. yes dalton yeah, dalton, yeah. And that, But we also had to struggle and beat through this officiating squad that was absolutely 100%. 100%. It seemed as they were not on our side at all. Uh,
1: you, you tend to see that officials kind of favor the best player. I mean, LeBron gets more calls. James Harden gets more calls because they're the best. Um, and Dalton Hamas got some favorable calls, um, but you just got to give credit to the Northwest. That's fa- exactly what I'm saying. I swear, probably half the town of Maryville made the trip down to Evansville, and that's the it thing. was
2: amazing. And half the town gave it everything that they had to make sure that you know the five players on the floor could hear us. Because oh yeah. When the rest blew call, and I will say firsthand, and I'm sure Austin's saying firsthand too, we lost our cool a what do you couple mean? Times. We were sitting down just golf class the whole game. I mean, yeah. I, we were.
3: I was screaming at my television. Absolutely.
2: <laughs> and and that was the coolest part is you saw – and you saw Southern Indiana fill up that arena the night before, and they are based out of Evansville. so. Yeah. To have that Maryville Strong come in and do the same thing with that one little half section of Point Loma fans, granted they're in California, they're not eight hours from the stadium, but very, very impressive awesome. to me. It was amazing.
0: Yeah, so uh, just one more time, I want to congratulate the Northwest men's basketball team, everybody around that it's program, Coach McCollum, Coach Snyder, the entire coaching staff and all the players for, for the job that they've done. A big congratulations to them, and, and look forward to hopefully having more and more years of that. So, moving on now, we're going to discuss the NCAA Division One Men's Basketball Tournament. Um, so, we've got some notable games and some things we're going to talk about. Of course, we're gonna we're gonna basically just run through each game here that we've seen, tell you kind of who won, what the score was, but if it was a blowout kind of a game that everybody kind of expected to happen, we're not going to go into too i mean we're not going to go into gaudy detail about it but there are some a few games we're going to discuss so of course we're going to start in the east region top region in, in most brackets you're going to take a look at one seed duke defeating the 16 seed north dakota state um the first game we are going to talk about is ucf and vcu um a lot of people really like to talk about taco fall right? he's just this massive Human being, I don't really know how else to describe him. He's just he's just such a, a huge he's figure. Ma- he's just tall. He's yeah. not even massive. He's he's I was seven foot five, seven foot six. six I think. Six. Yeah. Uh, he <laughs> just just a a enormously tall individual, and, and he was tremendous in that game. He only had ten points, but what he did was pull down eighteen rebounds and had five blocks to put. I mean, to, to really make VCU uncomfortable the entire game, and VC, UCF ends up winning that one 73-58. The first game I really want to get into, though, is the Mississippi State versus Liberty game. It's one of those 5-12 matchups that we tend to see every single year. There's always one or two 12 seeds that end up upsetting a 5. Somebody that maybe should have been seeded a little bit higher than they should have. That that ends up in that twelve spot, and a team like Mississippi State is the ends up being the bearer of uh, of that brunt. So Liberty gets a huge upset over Mississippi State, and and that one that was their first ever NCAA tournament win. Caleb Holmesley was was amazing in that one, especially in the second half. He finished with thirty points, but twenty two of those in the second half really helped get Liberty ahead and kind of maintain. This this second this small second half lead that they had throughout the entire the entire course of the game and, and the, the flames end up with a win in that one. And this uh,
1: good offense. Uh, this was a game that I I picked uh, in that's my tournament man. to you, you, you did did you Tucker? Did you pick the flames to beat Mississippi State? I did. I picked Lumberdy in this one. Did we all? Uh. Uh-uh. uh You did not. You picked no, Mississippi State. I picked Mississippi State. Yeah. Uh, I I knew that their offense was strong in their conference and that's why I was like, well, I don't know how they'll play against the Power 5 SEC team above the uh, uh, in the SEC in Mississippi State. Um, but my goodness, what a performance by Holmesley. And there's been a lot of performances that have stood out, and this is one that I immediately remembered. And when you put it down, it's like, yep, I remember watching him just go off.
3: If I remember correctly, I think Liberty came into the tournament with, like, an adjusted field goal percentage of, like, 53%. I mean, they were, like, the 11th best shooting (laughs) team in the nation. And Mississippi State's defense isn't overly impressive, and it hadn't been all year, and I wasn't sold on them. So I thought Liberty would win, but I didn't expect Holmesley to drop the game he had. That
0: was pretty darn impressive. Next game is Virginia Tech. Four-seeded Virginia Tech. They took on 13 seed St. Louis. That one wasn't really much of a contest throughout. Virginia Tech ended up winning that game 66-52. to Next game is Maryland. They took on Belmont. This is a game that a lot of people had picked Belmont uh, to win this game. I'm one of them. Myself I had miss- included. I, had I did. Miss- I picked, did you I have picked Belmont. You
2: picked Maryland. I did pick Maryland. Uh, I,
0: I did. I picked Belmont <clears throat> to win that game, but... Belmont just could not compete with the size of Bruno Fernando and Jalen Smith, both of them finished with double doubles to help lead the Terrapins to a to a first round win in that game. I'd also like to point out that playing for the last shot when you're down
3: two is not what you should normally try to do, and it's what Belmont did. I think they they got a little too conservative. do you think that's due to the uh the
2: the youngness of the nature of Belmont and the team that they bring to the tournament think, do you th- I think you maybe think- it's so
3: uh, we <clears> hadn't <throat> They Hadn't been there before, really. right? But they had Dylan Winler. I mean, they had a really, really good player that nobody's heard much about, and it was just kind of a clunky. Is it was it a coaching mistake? I, th- I think, I think <laughs> it you was. think so. He I, told I, I them think... to
2: wait to the last shot, and that's what they did. Yeah.
3: I don't think you should ever play for the last shot when you're down two, or really even when so you should, should. Should they put up a shot with
1: because I've always had to <laughs> put up a shot with like six seconds left, so you have a chance at a
3: rebound potentially, or yeah, I mean, or really when you're down two. If you get a good look with 15 seconds to go, then even if it doesn't fall, you've got time to play the free throw game. I just thought they waited way too long, and they couldn't get anything going. Um, and then, if I remember correctly, it came down to a half quarter after free throws. Yeah. Um, and they basically they lost themselves that game, and that was when I had them in the Sweet 16. That's mm. how highly I thought of Belmont.
0: Next game, LSU. They took on Yale, and, and LSU ends up getting the win in that one, 79 to 74. But I mean, they. This was a game I turned off and then was like, LSU those was games on you're 15, like, ah, man. this
1: game's over. And then you see the little, it starts flicking in the corner of your screen. And you're like, oh, I got to flip back. Yep. This was one of those games.
0: Yeah, it was a remarkable game. And, and really for LSU, especially late in the game, it was a, a really key performance from Skylar Mays. He made a lot of really key shots. He made a Six, I believe, huge free throws in the last three minutes of that game when things kind of started to get really, really close and really tense, and you kind of just felt that that kind of March Madness feeling you get in your stomach, like something crazy is about to happen here. But uh, fortunately for LSU, Skylar May's kind of put the X nay on that, uh, along with him, four other. Tigers starters ended up scoring in double figures as the Tigers come out in that one by a score of seventy nine to
1: seventy four. And and see that impressed me that LSU was able to hold the lead because I knew because I said this on the show before break that I thought LSU was going to have trouble just mentally. I
3: picked uh, them to with their to
1: whole, with their and my dad did too because their whole just head coach situation and Will Wade and once that lead started to slip away, I said, well, I don't know if Coach is going to be able to get it done. I don't know if the players are fully bought in here down the stretch and it kind of showed but for them to be able to hold on uh, kind of surprised me honestly
2: logan and i uh touched on this before break also that uh the reason why i made this lsu pick over yale it was really a toss-up for me but logan and i don't trust a team out of the ivy league unless it's harvard and so <laughs> yeah, i can't take it i can't pick yale in this situation i
3: think yale yale won a tournament game two or three years ago they beat, they beat baylor they beat baylor oh, they did yep. yeah i remember so. them meeting baylor yeah, and I think Cor- didn't Cornell. I think it was like an eight-nine eight, eight, matchup, eight or nine years Cornel. ago. Cornell, yeah, something <laughs> like that. Early, <laughs> early to twenty ten. Yeah, there was. I think it was about a minute or so left, and it was a five-point game or a six-point game, and they had a three-point look to make it a one-possession game, and it it fell short. And that's when I kind of thought, okay, LSU is going to be able to hold on, yeah. and and they did.
0: Next game is a game that I think a lot of people looked at me like I was crazy. Because, and I, I had a, a few friends of mine, because after we did the show last week, of course, Northwest had their Sweet 16 game, and I had a, a friend of mine walk up to me and say, you're crazy for thinking Minnesota's going to beat Louisville. You're absolutely insane. And then the next day, the games start, and, and I'm sitting there, and I check my phone, because I'm just like, scrolling through ESPN or whatever it is, and I see Minnesota is up by like 20, or 18, 17 points, 17 points on on Louisville, and I just texted him. I said, really, am I crazy for Minnesota now?
2: This, for me, <laughs> this was the first game out of the shoot. First game out first of game the tournament. I, and yeah. I had Minnesota with Logan. I knew how good Minnesota was in the Big Ten. They surprised a lot of good Big Ten teams. Two minutes before the game, I changed it to Louisville. One of my fraternity brothers got my head. I was like, you know what? You're right. They you about too. they they about took yeah, down Duke. I this some, man doesn't trust his gun I made ever.
3: Some really stupid. Two minutes changes. before
2: tip off of the NCAA tournament, my bracket was busted right <laughs> there. <laughs> Mine was too. I was like, well, as goes the
0: perfect bracket already after game one. I can't believe you disrespect Gabe Kalcher like that. I know. That. It was horrible. He horrible was insane decision. in that I game. 24 points, five threes. If, I didn't expect I just, him to have a great game. You, I expected Amir Coffee so, and Jordan Murphy to be the key. I but.
3: didn't trust the Big Ten coming into the tournament because I've seen what the Big Ten has done in the tournament outside of, say, Michigan and Wisconsin and Michigan State the last however many years. And I was like, you know, Louisville played in the ACC 37-7. I'm going to give the edge to Louisville. But that That's, was a that was a weird game. It wasn't like an overly
0: boring game, but it wasn't like the most exciting game yeah. in the world. It was like right in between. And, and I think a lot of, uh, I mean, uh, that, I think there was a lot of that surrounding the NCAA tournament this year. And it's, I mean, it's, I mean, it's a real thing. The, the Big Ten hasn't been overly impressive in the NCAA tournament. They haven't, right? We have the Big Ten hasn't won a, a national championship since Michigan State in 2000. They were in the
2: title game against Louisville, right? They was that the game that that Louisville kid blew out his knee, Michigan. literally. Michigan, yeah, yeah. they were in, in the like title five game. Five
0: title
3: games since then. The Big Ten has, yeah. yeah. The Big Ten has played in five. Michigan Michigan's, Michigan's played,
0: in Michigan played in two. Michigan State's played in one. Illinois has played in Ohio one. State ah. and Ohio State played in one. Illinois, North Carolina, Wisconsin, right? In Indiana, Indiana played in two thousand two. Yeah, so you're right.
3: Third, they've been O oh, for the last six.
0: Yeah, no. not good. No not good at all what about yeah. Wisconsin did you oh
3: Wisconsin yeah. so oh, for the last 7 yeah, yeah. Wisconsin too I forgot they about get Wisconsin there. they just
0: they can't win it yep, yep. oh just it's, it's a tough scene for the Big Ten <laughs> but it's really been impressive to see the way they've played this year and I mean especially the seven play of one. Michigan State yeah they had 6 teams move on to the second round of the NCAA tournament which is tied for the most of any conference ever I believe 6
3: or 7 didn't they get 8 teams in
0: I think yeah, 8 teams and in Wisconsin lost. Wisconsin was the only one that lost so in the first is it seven? round I believe. Yeah. So yeah, 7. Yeah. Yeah, cuz Wisconsin 7. Yeah. Wisconsin was the only one which of course we're we're going to discuss later. And then the final game in that East region bracket was Michigan State taking on 15th seed Bradley. That was a, a very very close game although the, the the final score indicates it was a double digit win. It was not that much of a uh, it was much more of a contest than that even says I mean Bradley held a lead for for quite a uh, quite a bit in the early part of the second half and then Cassius Winston decided he didn't want to play games anymore he finished with 26 he had four assists when only had four one turnover I should say and, and as he's been all year long as he will continue to, to show as we go along the show here talking about the rest of Michigan State's games throughout this NCAA tournament he is the key he is the guy for Michigan State Big 10 player of the year. It was announced today. He's a first team All American. He's the guy that makes this Michigan State team go, and he was huge, as he always is, in their first round game uh, against Bradley.
3: And we've seen a lot of times with like a 1 verse 16 or a 2 versus 15, when a 15 or a 16 gets off to a hot start, it's because the three is falling and the other team maybe isn't hitting those shots. And a lot of times why they end up losing is because those shots don't fall down the stretch. And that's pretty much what happened to Bradley. They went cold for a while. Michigan State got a little bit of a run. I think McQuaid hit a big three, if I remember correctly, at one point late in the second half. And uh, that was a close one, though. The, I, I was pulling for Bradley to get it done.
0: Yeah, and, and speaking of of pulling for underdog teams, going from a 15 seed, almost knocking off a two seed, <laughs> Virginia again, <laughs> Gardner Webb. Yeah, we were we were on
1: WSK, and this man ch- has Virginia winning it all, and so he was sitting there. He said, "I will cry if they lose again."
0: <laughs> I, I, I just I'm sitting there watching the game, and Gardner Webb's up twenty five to fourteen or whatever to 14 it was at one point, and, and I'm just sitting there looking at the TV, thinking it can't happen again. <laughs> Not
2: two years in a row. To the there's same, just to the same squad. There's yeah. just no way. <laughs>
0: There's just no way, and so, again, they were down double figures, down as much as 14 in that game early in the first half. They made a run late in the first half to kind of make it, I think Gardner-Webb was up one, maybe, or maybe Virginia was up one at the half, and then in the second half, Virginia kind of just ran away with it, but, I mean, goodness, it was <laughs> it was tight yeah. for most of that yeah. first half, but, uh, I mean, DeAndre Hunter... Was was tremendous. He had twenty three points. They scored forty one points in, in the second half alone in that one. And while wow, the the, the Gardner Webb Bulldogs scored just twenty, so a huge second half for Virginia got them got Wonder them past that another sixteen. what Environment would have been like at the halftime. That was, Tony, that ben was ben
3: my fear was that it was going to be the oh no, here we go again. You know, and the nightmares and stuff of, of getting beat by a sixteen. However, I think we could we could probably say that UMBC team probably shouldn't have been a sixteen seed. They might have been a line or two underseeded, and they had the best athlete on the floor in Jerry Lyles. Gardner Webb didn't have that, and this is a much better offensive Virginia team than last year's. And the shots that weren't falling for them last year in the sixteen
0: matchup did fall for them down the stretch. Yeah, Gardner Webb and, and and Tony Bennett in his post game press conference. Well, a, a reporter, of course, asked the question: "Like, what was that halftime locker room like?" Oh, okay. And, and he said he he said he talked to his assistant coaches, and he said, "Don't don't yell at them. Don't don't push this envelope. Don't bring that up." He said, "We want to be positive with these kids. We don't, don't bring up last year. Don't don't bring that up. Don't yell at them, right? Because a lot of coaches will do that, right? You're you're down one or two points to a team that you should be killing, and they walk in there like, what are you guys doing? Come on, we got right.'" He said, "We don't. We can't do that. Don't do that to these kids. They know what's going on. They know they need to be better. So go in there, encourage them, tell them they can do it, tell them that they can improve. They can play a better second half than they've shown. And and that's what ended up happening. So so credit to to Tony Bennett and his coaching staff for not pushing the envelope for not." Getting into their guys and screaming at their guys for for a lackluster performance in the first half, and it really it really helped them in the second half of that game.
3: And we we saw this year three of the four six or one seed struggle with a sixteen seed. I mean, Gonzaga was the only one that didn't. You know, Duke's it was a four point game, I think. Yeah, over North I mean, State Duke halftime. scored fifty one points in the second down. half yeah. to Carolina. Iona, Iona had like a six or eight point lead on North Carolina at halftime. Um, so I think we've seen the. The sixteen seeds maybe get better over time. I don't know how many sixteen over ones we'll ever see again. But.
2: Or is it the decrease across college basketball? Because we know we've that been talking be about too. all this season is how there really isn't a true outside of Duke and Zion. I mean that that team that you have, you know, possible three top five picks in this NBA draft. Anybody I, could have beaten anybody this I, year, and I
0: think it has something. I think it has something to do with the with the one and done. Rule, I think that 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 is also played around. That's why you've seen the emergence of so mid-major
1: schools. Do you think the one and done has hurt those schools?
3: I think you can make it a is, legitimate it argument. Hurt the top yes. seed,
2: and it's made the if, the, the, if, the if
3: following if you're someone seeds get better. Like Duke, I mean, Virginia doesn't have one and gun guys. Yeah, ta- Virginia
0: was the way their offense <laughs> last year was not good. That's what I'm saying. Take a look at this year's Final Four. How many one and duns are in that, or, or are among those four teams? None. 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 Not There's a single one. Three freshmen starting. Total. Yeah. Not a single. Not a single guy that you could look at and be like, "That guy's going to be a first-round pick." That guy's going to declare for the NBA draft after the NCAA tournaments over. Now, maybe one of them does, just because maybe he has a, a breakout. <laughs> perform, but I don't see that happening. I don't see Especially any Winston of these guys. And
3: Culver will probably, but they're not. They're not freshmen. I mean, they're, yeah. They're, oh yeah, yeah.
0: True, true. Freshmen. Yeah, they're not. Freshmen. Those aren't freshmen. Yeah, those no. aren't one yeah. and done guys. No those aren't four and five star kids coming straight out of high school, one year college basketball, and then they're gone. Yeah. These are kids that have been in the program, two, three, four. Or even in the case of Kenny Goins, who's a redshirt senior for Michigan State, a fifth-year guy.
1: What was the last team that had, like, a one and done? Can- was, it, was it
0: Kentucky in that 2012? Duke, the Duke team in 15 had... Du- yeah, that Duke team a little bit. You know, they, they had, had Okafer, some guys. And,
3: but Tyus Jones wasn't a true freshman. He was a yeah, soft, he was. Was he? Yep, Tyus was a freshman. And they had Justice Winslow yep. and Okafer... So, but, was that the last team that
1: had the true one and done? To I would it?
3: say so. Yeah, I would. And then, obviously, the Kentucky team yeah. in 2012 was just ridiculously loaded with fresh. I think they had seven or eight freshmen that yeah. were key contributors on that team.
0: Yeah, I mean, and then, of course, I mean, Grayson Allen was a, was a freshman on that team, too. But, I mean, there were other guys on that team. I mean, Marshall Plumlee was on that team. Rashid Suleiman was on that team. Quinn Cook. Was on that team as a senior leader. I, I mean, the, it, they did have stellar freshmen. I mean, you did have Julio Cufford and Justice Winslow and Tyus Jones. Emile Jefferson. I, yeah, I, I completely, I, I completely understand with those three, and even Grayson Allen. But we didn't really know anything about Grayson Allen until the NCAA tournament. Nobody had really ever heard of him no. until the way he played. In, he was known
2: for tripping players. That's what he was known for before that, the NCAA tournament. I know at that True. point,
0: in his freshman year, if he was you think. Not in that, not, not at that. He averaged four points a game his yeah, freshman not his season, freshman
3: year, and then after that, that's when he kind of put himself. So do you
1: think? Do you think more coaches will now go towards trying to find those, uh, you know, Devonte Graham, trying to find those four star guys, rather? Or do you think they'll still try to go for the Zion? I for think the,
3: everyone except Duke and Kentucky pretty much have been doing that. I mean. Having no one for the Luke Mays. I mean, how many how many schools are bringing in one and duns and actually having a lot of success with them? Duke and Kentucky. Um, you know, there's been a couple. It. There's been I think I, I'd have to look Washington, but they didn't have success. They just had really good players on a really bad team. Kansas had a little run there for a while. Couple with Wiggins, and I think was Ubre a one and done player. Yeah. Um, Josh, Jacks, Josh, Josh Jackson. Josh Jackson. Uh, Not overly a, successful though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they. Never got to the Final Four with those guys. There are
2: very few coaches that can be successful with one of Duns in the in the country today. I mean, John Calipari obviously is, and he just signed that what lifetime endorsement deal with Kentucky, so he's completely off the market for the rest of his life for any other school in the country. But is that right? Yeah, yeah. He is a lifetime af- deal, after, As long as after after he wants to he be there. After he is done coaching, or after he decides he wants to be done coaching, he is now a. Ambassador for the university,
3: paid, of well, paid
0: ambassador it's, for yeah. the university. You look of at
3: programs like Michigan State. I mean, I think maybe they've had one or two freshman or sophomore players that have declared early, but for the most part, you mentioned a guy like Kenny Goins with the the veteran leadership. Um, they've had guys that it feels like has been there forever, Cassius Winston um Corey lucius way back in the nick day. nick ward nick yeah he's only a junior <laughs> denzel valentine played two or three years i don't think he graduated but he now he was he graduated did he i yep. couldn't remember he won um, Naismith. he won the wooden the as, a, as a senior i mean so. they've had guys that play a long time and they've had really of all the programs that don't
0: do it they've had success They're probably the probably most success well, we're going to get back to the NCAA tournament <laughs> now. Now that we've gone down that rabbit hole, it was a good conversation. Really enjoyed having it, but we're going to get back to the NCAA tournament. We just finished talking about Virginia, Gardner-Webb, that one sixteen matchup. Next is, is a game that I didn't expect to happen. I picked Ole Miss to beat Oklahoma in this 8-9 game, and Oklahoma – I mean, shut the door on this one before it even started. <laughs> this
3: was a terrible boomer. <laughs> it was a, an I,
0: honestly, absolute blowout. I don't know that either
3: one of these two teams probably deserved to be in the tournament. I mean, Oklahoma was not good necessarily in the Big 12 season. They lost to West Virginia in the tournament. Now I know people say, but Trevor, Texas Tech lost to West Virginia too. Okay, Oklahoma was a bubble team pretty much coming into that. They had to win that game, and they didn't. Texas Tech was playing for nothing. Um, but then they shot the lights out against Ole Miss for some stupid reason. Yeah, they shot fifty eight percent from the reminded field. Remind me of
1: their performance against Kansas to officially knock Kansas out of the Big Twelve championship race. That's how well they played. They couldn't miss. Yeah, I mean,
0: <laughs> when you're hitting when you're
1: hitting shots like that, right. time to advance. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. mean, good they grief. shot
0: they shot fifty eight percent from the field. They shot forty six percent from the three point line, and only turned the ball over four times. Scored, I mean, that like, is the recipe for success if you want to beat a team in the NCAA tournament.
3: And they scored, like, the first 13 points of the game or something. They got, oh, it's like, an 11-0, 13-0 run to start. And then Ole Miss. When, when, when players for OU can hit shots and
1: Long Krueger's offense is very NBA kind of style. You hit threes. Yeah. Because that's what they had when Buddy Heald was there when they made it to the Final Four. Is that same. And then he kept that going. So when guys like that hit shots, this team's really good. We saw it. We saw it's the only
3: it. time they're really good. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. like
1: you, you're you awful if you don't hit shots, and you're unbeatable if you do. Yeah, it's just and, about the style of
0: that offense that
3: Long Kruger has.
0: Speaking of, of blowout wins, the next game we're going to discuss is the Wisconsin-Oregon game. Oregon was a team that nobody had in the NCAA tournament, and they went ahead and just decided to win the Pac-12. Just just rolled through the Pac-12, I mean, really, this South region in general was was a pretty, especially the, these three or four games here we're going to discuss, a very upset upset minded bracket, uh, and so, Miss, or Oregon just seemed like they they carried that momentum on from the Pac-12 tournament. Really made Wisconsin uncomfortable for the entire game. It, it really seemed like and. So I mean, they ended up winning that one by a score of, of seventy-two to fifty-four. Ethan Hat was only had fourteen points, I think. So Oregon came into this game
3: hot; they had won eight in a row. Um, I think they were probably the most talented team in the Pac-12 this year. They got bit by the injury bug. That's not saying much for the Pac. 12 No, it's, it's not. It's the Pac-12 <laughs> pretty, pretty garbage. Um, they played a tough non, a semi-tough non-con. You know, they played Iowa, they played Houston, they played Baylor. Those are all tournament teams. Um, And then they kind of got into a skid, but they got hot at the right time. And that's kind of – we've seen that be a formula for success in March is when you get hot towards the end of the regular season, carries into the conference tournament, then they make a run. Um, Because without the conference tournament, they're not even – I mean, they're probably in the NIT. Yeah, I'm I'm upset I didn't pick this game. I I almost
1: did, but I just thought even app would be – you didn't, you did
3: pick or? I almost did. Oh, I should have. I didn't. I should have. I picked the next game we're going to talk about, though. <laughs> oh, I, I yeah. Did
0: not. I did not. Next game we are oh, going to discuss. Not, that's
1: not even, honestly. <laughs> I
0: didn't pick it either. Um, but it is kind of funny that it happened. It's not. Um, it's it not is. funny. It's oh, my gosh. Fourth, I was
2: enjoying the entire thing. absolutely just What I was
0: really it. enjoying, and we're talking about four seed Kansas State losing to UC Irvine. They were the 13th seed. The thing that I enjoyed most about this game was Tucker and I discussing the game over our, our group message that Tucker and Austin and I share for probably a good hour and a half with no response whatsoever from austin none none it was complete radio silence
3: yep that that sounds like our group chat that we have for wsk (sighs) with kramer during the michigan game um he was i think you were on weekend sports kickoff during the the k-state game and
0: a little nervous (laughs) yeah it was it was complete radio silence out of austin and i mean it's really (laughs) it was really tough and, and you gotta credit UC Irvine for the way that they played defensively during the course of the game, but without Dean Wade, this Kansas State team is just just not the same. Barry Brown kind of tried to to throw that workload onto himself, but he did not he did not play well. I believe was he three of eleven from the field? Wasn't good. Yeah. Uh, and, and so for for Kansas State, without Dean Wade, who is their best player, I, I, I think and I think you would agree with me, Austin, he's yeah. their best player. And then Barry Brown, who is their second-best player. It's not just based
1: on his stats. Like, Barry Brown may have the better stats, but Dean Wade overall is just a better player uh, just because of his assist numbers, his rebounding,
0: just his basketball IQ in general. And so missing that hurts. And then with Barry Brown, your second-best player, with not him with playing trouble. poorly and getting into foul trouble and those sorts of things, that really just was was too much for Kansas State to overcome in that one. It's... It was just more depressing overall um, that those guys are
1: gone. They worked so hard to take that program that was just uh, after Marcus Foster left, just kind of licking its wounds. Um, and they built it back up. They knocked Kansas off the throne. Um, and in the last two years, they won a Big 12 championship and they made it to the Elite Eight. So it's, you can't be that upset about it because of those, that. Fact right there. It's just... First round exits aren't fun.
2: <laughs> is this is this the story of Kansas State basketball? I mean, they're very, very usually they're very, very good. Top usually, three in the Big Twelve in the regular season. Well, when they get to the conference tournament. The last time that we won the Big Twelve and was a, were an, above a
1: five seed, we lost in the first round of the yeah, South. That,
2: that's what I'm saying. So is this what's,
1: what's <laughs> I, I, wanted, I don't made, know. I guess whenever we win the Big Twelve tournament, it just ah, it's first round exit. I want to totally give nine. you. What's that? Then last year made the Elite Eight as, as a, a nine. nine, yeah, and yeah.
2: I want to totally give you the floor here for a second because this is our uh, <laughs> Kansas State Manhattan, Kansas basketball insider here. <laughs> uh, what's the reason for not being good in the tournament? Why can it not carry over from the regular season and into?
1: Well, uh,
3: I mean, I think it's a Big Twelve thing.
2: I think this,
1: I think this year was the injury had a factor. Um, Whereas back in 2013, when we won the Big 12, I, I don't know. I think it's just like when you, when you come in as a high team, you just kind of expect to win. Whereas the tournament, you can't do that. It's just a different level of game. The, the NCAA tournament, you have to forget about everything you've done the entire season because it doesn't matter. Um, all these teams are saying our record is 0-0. Zero to zero. This is our first game of the season. We're playing all out or else we're done. So you have to completely write everything off. And when you're a higher seed, I think your mentality kind of changes. Whereas, oh, well, we should win this game because we're a four seed and they're a 13 seed. So we should win. Whereas that's just not the case. I mean, you can't expect that to
3: happen. I also think of all the 13 seeds, this was the worst matchup for Kansas State. It was. um,
1: A team that... Shoots the ball well from the three-point line, and really a team good, that plays
3: really good defense. And guards the three exceptionally well.
1: Yeah, and uh, with Barry Brown getting in foul trouble and Dean Wade not playing, is just a recipe for disaster. And it was a disaster. It's depressing. And okay. that, that, that's kind of funny to me. It seems like, like, it's you, also depressing like in the fact. Sorry, inter- It's also depressing in the fact that— now it's going to be another restart another revamp because you're losing literally 90% of your scoring in those three seniors so it's going to be on Cartier Jada and Xavier Snead now which
0: is going to be tough and it just seems kind of funny cuz uh as a as a Kansas State fan you talk about how it seems like when expectations are the highest the results are the lowest and and as a as an Iowa football fan I can completely understand. Why right,
2: you gotta bring that into? What does what that relate to means? everything? <laughs> Absolutely, football. we literally can tie in Iowa football to every <laughs> single thing we talk about. No, because it happens all the time. I understand. <laughs> we I have, year, we I have, have years it.
0: where everybody predicts us to go six and six or seven and five, and we decide to go twelve and two and make a Rose Bowl, or and then we return cream. eight starters on offense and seven starters on defense, including. Jim Thorpe Award winner and Desmond King, and everybody's like, Oh, well they're gonna win ten or eleven games and they're gonna they're gonna make the Big Ten Championship game, they're gonna make possibly another Rose Bowl, and we and go five. seven and five. Well here's the
2: thing is that for the
0: year after we made that Orange Bowl and so- we returned everybody on that roster, including Ricky Stanzi, Adrian Claiborne, Marvin McNutt, all these guys, and we went eight and four.
2: I'm just going no, we to five shut that it off too. there. We're going to get to Iowa basketball here in two games anyways, so <laughs> we'll yeah. just stick with that. We can talk to Iowa football talk later. very good point.
0: <laughs> so next game is Villanova versus St. Mary's. This was a, a game that was kind of a toss-up for, for the studio here, the, this group of guys. I had Villanova winning this game. Tucker, I believe you had St. Mary's. I picked St. Mary's in this one. Austin, did you also pick St. Mary's? I picked Villanova. You did pick Villanova. Okay. Yep. So, I mean, it was a bit, it was, there was definitely a split. We had a bit, uh, a bit of a discussion about it, but it was a close game throughout. Definitely not, not one-sided at all, but Villanova just kind of seemed like NCAA tournament experience, late game, end of season experience really kind of pushed Villanova over the top and they ended up winning that one, 61 to 57.
2: I really thought St. Mary's was going to do it too. Did you have know St. Mary's? They were. I thought
3: Villanova. St. Mary's, I think, had an extra week rest because it wasn't the West Coast tournament.
2: And then they, they come out of their conference tournament beating Gonzaga for the, yeah. the the title there too. So I thought that was definitely going to happen for them. Um, you know, this game, St. Mary's was up at half. They were up 30 28 at half. They were feeling good. They were. I mean, it was very evenly matched ball game. It wasn't like Villanova was supposed to come out and kill them. everybody knew that Saint Mary's had the possibility of uh, upsetting Villanova. But I don't really think it'd have been an upset to be honest with you. I think that if Saint Mary's won, everybody understood why Saint Marys would have won. But I mean this was just a very hard fought two half ball game. I mean Villanova outscored Saint Mary's by six in the second half, you know, prior to being outscored by two in the first. Um I just think Villanova had a little more gas in the tank. I think that, they, like you, Logan, said, you know, they had been there before. They were, uh, they had those visions of last year winning national championships still in their mind, um, and that's probably what got it done in this one. But I, I picked St. Mary's knowing that a lot of the population also picked St. Mary's, so I felt really good with this pick. But, um, you know, Villanova's Villanova, their basketball school, that's what's going to happen.
0: And, and I think for St. Mary's, I think it was – it was really important for for Jordan Ford to have a great game. He's your leading scorer, averaged twenty one points a game during the course of the season. Was a forty one percent three point shooter during the regular season, but he he only scored thirteen points. He was six of seventeen from the field. He was one of seven from beyond from from beyond the arc. So for them, that really hurt him. And then the fact that they only shot six free throws. Villanova only committed seven fouls the entire game. Yep. Uh, And I think that that has a little bit to do with it. The Villanova was kind of forcing St. Mary's to settle for shots. I mean, they took 22 threes in this one, and they only hit eight. So for for St. Mary's, they needed to take and make three-pointers in order to to get a win, and they just couldn't convert those opportunities late, especially late in the game. Next game we're going to talk about, Tucker just uh, mentioned it a little bit earlier, Um, Iowa. Nope, never mind. I lied. I skipped one. (laughs) Purdue taking on Old Dominion. Um, Purdue played very, very good defense in that one. Um, the, the team as a whole didn't score the ball very well, which is very unlike Purdue, but Carson Edwards kind of handled the job for everybody else. I mean, he scored 26 points. He he did what he had to do for this, for this Purdue team to put them over the top. I mean, Matt Harms finished with 13 points, so he chipped in a little bit, but, I mean, they only had four other guys on the on the team that had scored and none of them scored over seven points so for for Purdue they leaned on Carson Edwards a lot in this game to put them over the top and he ended up delivering for them that was a weird
3: game because Purdue controlled most of it but you've never really felt like it was totally out of reach it was kind of a 10 to 15 point game for pretty much all of it and Purdue's a team, as I guess we'll dive into here in a little bit, that is notorious for choking in March. So you kind of thought maybe Old Dominion could make
0: a run, and they just never did. We're gonna move on to the yeah, next Purdue, one. Yeah, Purdue. Okay. Carson Edwards. Yeah, I mean, know.
1: Right.
0: Yeah. We didn't discuss that one too much, but we'll move on to the next one. I know Tucker wants to move on. I know to the you next guys one. want to spend time well, on this a little one. bit. So little I was bit, like, I'll bit. let you
1: guys. The next game a more is.
0: Game. I, I did accidentally skip the the Purdue game. I did not do that on purpose. I, I will. If I would have, I would have admitted it. But the next game is Cincinnati taking on Iowa. Um, Iowa was down pretty considerable, five, eighteen think, to five yeah. at one point in the first half. And I was walking home from class, uh, watching this game on my cell phone, and, and they hit eighteen to five and. Frank called a quick timeout, and I turned my phone off. I said, I'm not, I'm not watching this anymore. So I, I I had about a 12 to 15-minute walk back to my apartment. And I got back to my apartment, and it was like 21 to 15 when I turned the game back on on, my, on the TV in the living room. And so I sat, and I watched the game, and, and just a tremendous job in the second half by, by the Iowa Hawkeyes. Tremendous second-half adjustments from, from Fran McCaffrey himself just – I mean, a very, a very unexpected sort of win in a team in Cincinnati that had won the American Conference Championship and just seemed like they were a team that could make a huge run in a lead-8, a Final Four sort of run. It seemed like they were very uh, – they were under from what I saw. But, I mean, Luca Garza and Joe Camp combined to score 39 points.
1: Cincinnati couldn't hit a three. Yeah,
0: I- and I- Iowa couldn't miss a three. I thought coming in the turn, I thought Cincinnati was probably about a five,
3: um, or maybe a six. And then after the, when it was what, 32-27 at halftime, something like that, I, I was like, holy crap, Iowa is only down five the way they've been playing. I, I felt really confident to start the second half considering the fact we were only down five. <sighs>
2: You're going to save your emotion for uh-huh. the next game, or... I might. Um, and I do want to, uh, during the next game, I won't bring up this game, but I'm going to bring up... For the, the next uh, Iowa game, the, I mean. The, the, the Fran soapbox, but... Um I was on tour, you know, for, you know, who is ever tuning in, listening right now. I'm a student ambassador here at Northwest Missouri State. <laughs> this game tipped off at what? Probably 11.45, 11, 11, 11.10. 11, 11,
0: 11, 10. 10, 11, it was 11.10 kickoff, or 11.10 tipoff. Oh, kick yeah. Down, not a kickoff. We were, we were
2: watching it in uh, Sir Jason Offit's class. No, we for, weren't.
0: Nope. We were being responsible college students. Okay. We were paying attention we to being the <laughs> professor. No, we weren't.
2: It's not like we do anything in that class anyway. anyway here we go. we a very good point. Um, so, so I was. Uh, I had to give a tour from twelve to two. Had no chance to watch this game at all. Um, you know, Austin gave me the suggestion. Was you know, here is this building on campus. Now wait, I have to pull out my phone, and we're not talking anymore after that. But um, it just seems like this is what I need to do for Iowa sports. Is I just do not need to watch it. You don't. You don't watch it. They play well, and they do what they're supposed to do. You do watch it. Everything goes wrong.
3: I more some into heart that some we get problems. to the, next game. the Tennessee game absolutely I completely agree
2: Um but yeah we'll 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 save the little soapbox information for the next game this you know the round of 32 but we'll go on to Tennessee yeah. and Colgate
0: Yep, next game is Tennessee taking on Colgate that was a really really close game throughout um kind of a game that I expected to be more of a blowout but it, it really never seemed like Tennessee had much of a grip on this game. Thankfully, they had a guy, at Admiral Schofield, who could kind of pick up for a pretty bad play in that game from Grant Williams, and Tennessee ended up winning that one 77-70.
3: I thought this was the most likely 15-2 over two just because, again, Colgate shoots the ball so well. I was not big on the SEC all year, um, and I thought maybe Tennessee was, was a little beatable. Colgate gave him all they could handle, but Tennessee was able to get the win.
1: Yeah, at that time, Admiral Schofield, I mean, they're just so talented with Grant Williams and him, and so when one's not playing, the other one can back him up, and we saw that in this game uh, with 19 points. He really showed up.
2: Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> uh, I would have loved to see Colgate win this game, to be honest with you. Yeah, it, I think I would have, too. You know, oh. it would have made a great, great, <laughs> sure,
3: great
1: chance I'm for uh, the old like, Hawks. I was so glad when UMBC beat seen, Virginia last year. I, I mean, that was great. would have loved
3: to have seen Carson Edwards drop 50 on Iowa in the Sweet 16. <laughs> would have been... <laughs> Which he I'm just saying. Which I mean, a, su- a sweet sixteen,
2: a sweet sixteen loss is much when better than a round. When was the, the last time loss. I was made
1: to the sweet
0: sixteen? Ninety 99. Oh Yeah, that's tough. Yep, it the has H-C- been twenty years. Was, one years old. I was one. I was three. Last three
2: and a half. time we made it to the national championship game, you, you guys. Ask?
1: None of you guys remember. Fifty seven. Fifty seven. Yeah.
2: Well, last really? time, Randy Last Duncan. time. The last time that we've won a national championship.
1: Never. Sometimes. Well, I feel you, and I've, I've never I can that. share that with you. I I can share that.
0: Oh yep. my lord! I hate to see it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Moving now into the West region, Gonzaga put a beat down on Fairleigh Dickinson. They win that one 87-49. Baylor came up with a huge upset, beating Syracuse seventy-nine or seventy-eight sixty-nine in an eight-nine matchup. I, I did I did that pick out that out wrong. I, I'm I glad that I decided the day before the, t- the game started. To, to check the, the, the old point Twitter guard feed. Out. And Syracuse's I point guard point was guard declared was out, out for the was it? game. Did
3: anyone know what he did?
0: I think it was an ankle injury was, or something. Or? I thought I was it was suspended. Oh, really? Was, I thought it was dis. Oh. I could have swore they
3: said during the broadcast that he was suspended. Well, yep. made he, that, whatever made happened. to Baylor
1: after Yeah,
0: because I, the, the I, I had Syracuse in the Sweet 16. But I decided to put Gonzaga in the Sweet 16 instead. But I kept Syracuse to beat Baylor because I didn't trust the Big 12. Next game, I do want to talk about just a little bit because I picked this game right. I told you guys, uh, John Morant is for me. real. Absolutely killed. me. Is for real. That's until he went on the went
2: on the interview and said, you know, we're not, we're not done yet. We're not stopping until we win a national championship.
1: So, yeah, we know, get it. And, then it. and
0: then it happened. We know. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Yeah,
1: this game killed my uh, bracket. John
0: Morant was an absolute beast in that game 17 points seven rebounds 16 assists that's a sexy stat line wow (laughs) that's a great way of putting absolutely not wrong see see, i
1: thought marquette overall would be the better team
3: but it didn't matter in this case to me his stat line is more impressive than dropping 40 points and having three boards and three assists Yep, Yep. i I completely agree he uh, he led the team in scoring too didn't he yep yes um and he was finding guys. And he, I don't remember what the final point total was. He was responsible for, but it was ridiculous. And he balled.
0: Yeah, and, and I mean, you you mentioned you want to talk about about Marquette and, and the way they played the game. I mean, they still it, it it was they do have the more talented team. I think they have three players that are very very talented. They've got the Hauser twins and Sam and Joey, and then of course they had Marcus Howard. Those three, those three guys combined to score 54 of of Marquette's 64 points. The other two starters on their team, zero. Not a single point. This was a
3: Marquette team that struggled down the stretch of regular season play and, um, in the conference tournament, and I think the season kind of wore on them.
0: Next game is, if I can pull it up here, Florida State. They took on Vermont. That was another game. It was a very, very close game throughout. I thought this was this was a game I took a look at as a possible 4-13 upset. I thought Vermont is a team that, that it seems very talented. They're a team that seems to be in the NCAA tournament yeah, quite often. every
1: year that Vermont's a team that's going to pull off an upset. Yeah, our, they our they Jacob do. Blair
3: every year you know says, oh, don't sleep on Vermont. I've got Vermont winning a, a first-round game. I don't think they beat Syracuse in like 05. That was the last <laughs> time they won a first-round game. Um, but Mondu, I, I'm going to butcher this name from Florida State, but Infiandu Cabangeli. Cabangeli, that's his name, I, yep. He's a man. Yeah. he's. <laughs> there's no
0: other way to put it then. He is a, a man. That a is bro- a man. beast.
3: That's a beast. Uh, and he showed it. Yeah.
0: A couple more games. Florida State, they took on Arizona State. Or Buffalo, I should say, took on Arizona State. That was kind of a blowout game. Um, I kind of expected it to be a little bit closer. Seems like teams that... End up in that play in game, especially 11 seeds that do that, that win that play in game to start, they have a little bit more momentum. But th- this was a very talented Buffalo team, and, and they just seemed like Arizona State kind of ran into a buzzsaw in-, in this game, and they didn't. Buffalo played very, very well offensively, yeah. shot the ball very well, and, and kind of came out with a bit of a blowout win in that one, 91 74.
3: I thought it'd be closer because of the Bobby Hurley factor. He was at Buffalo before Arizona State. Um, Nate Oates was an assistant under him, so he kind of knew. Um, what to expect, but it didn't matter. C.J. Massenberg played well, and Buffalo was just far and away the better team.
0: Next game, Texas Tech, third-seeded Texas Tech. They took on Northern Kentucky. Um, not really much to discuss in that one. Texas Tech won that nope. game by 15, <laughs> but it wasn't really that close. Next game I want to talk about is Nevada. They took on Florida in that 7-10 matchup. Um, Florida was up huge in this game at one point, and the Massey twins came. They tried to, or the Martin twins, I should say, came in. They tried to make it a little bit closer. Um, Cody Martin shot the lights out. He played tremendously well, but it just didn't seem like it was a little bit too little, too late for Nevada. As they they ended up getting upset in that one, seventy to sixty-one. Was
3: Nevada the most disappointing team this season? Because you think coming they might in, have been coming what in. They were. were they were ranked. Seven.
1: 7 7 in the was, preseason I mean bowl. coming in they well,
3: were they were the sexy, you know, you know who super final You know who might have been
1: the most disappointing KU. They were the preseason right. number 1.
3: Right. One of those two I think was yeah. well, I mean cuz Nevada they were maybe just a little overhyped. You know, they returned everything from a sweet 16 um
0: team and they just they never really found a great rhythm this year. Next game is, was another one of those kind of blowout games. Michigan took on Montana, two fifteen matchup, and Montana got rolled in that one by, by Michigan in that matchup. Now we're going to move on to the Midwest region. North Carolina took on Iona. Iona had a first-half lead of six or eight points, but North Carolina, being the one seed that they are, proved they were the more talented team. Ended up kind of running away with it in the second half to win eighty eight seventy three.
3: Yeah, Iona shot the three really well in the first half, and then they didn't in the second half, and that was kind of what allowed North Carolina to pull away. You just always had a feeling that North Carolina, even when they were
0: down, they were going to come back. Um,
1: it wasn't. It didn't feel like a Virginia situation to me at all in that no. game.
0: Next game was an eight nine matchup between Utah State and Washington. This was another game that, that was kind of a blowout, and one that I, I had picked Washington to win this game, but I didn't think it was going to be a blowout. I thought Dude, it would be much nine closer. Wins.
1: All the nine seeds won.
0: Than it
3: was. Oh, I think that's right. I think you're right. Was UCF a nine Yeah, every nine seed Every one, nine seed won. That's wild. That is wild. Has well, that ever happened before? Prob- there's not a, a difference between an eight They're, and nine Yeah, I'm it's sure, nine. basically the same. I mean, unless like a Wichita State gets under seed or Kentucky the year that they made it run. Oh, retirement. that was brutal. They weren't an eight <laughs> 18.
0: But
1: Guess who had to play them in the first round? <laughs> then who had to play them in the next round?
0: Brutal. I <sighs> hate to see it sometimes. <laughs> you, you really do. Uh, not really. <laughs> not really. <laughs> next game was a game that, that really hurt my bracket for, for sure. Um, Auburn taking on New Mexico State. I picked New Mexico State to win this game. Uh, I, I, really, I really I really like this New Mexico State team. I really liked Chris Jans and that coaching staff and the way that they performed the last two seasons. So I I picked them to win this game and they almost did. I mean just Auburn I mean they escaped in this one. there's no other uh, way to put it really. I mean they, they went win up winning have. that one 78-77. Yeah. New Mexico State tried to lose that game and they I mean they they did a good job
1: passing up literally a game-time yeah, open layup. Layup. Terrell
0: Brown had a layup to tie the game, send it to overtime, decided to kick it out to A.J. Harris for a three, which, I mean, I understand. I understand wanting to go for the win as a 12 seed. You're kind of an underdog, that sort of thing. Go big or go home. And he gets fouled. And you're like, okay, all he's got to do. But if
2: he doesn't get fouled, that game is over. It's over right there. And then he goes to the free throw line, and misses the front and end of that an 82% three, out. and he's eighty-two. He only had to hit.
0: He only had, he had to hit two. You hit two of your three. That's sixty-six percent. You'd still tie the game up. You go to overtime. You hit all three. Ball game. You win. And he missed then, two of the three. Then they get the ball back. And yeah, they drew they, up. They drew up a great play on the
3: inbound, really, um, to a guy they, who hit a three, all, a yeah, big three
1: already in that game. They
3: just it was executed terribly. Great
0: play executed terribly. Next game is. Kansas. They took on Northeastern. Not much to discuss in that one. Kansas rolled in that it one, 87 good three to fifty-three. Point shooting
1: team didn't shoot the three-point ball well. Yeah,
3: North they Eastern. had the recipe to beat Kansas. They just didn't enact it.
0: Next game is eleven-seed Ohio State. They upset six-seed Iowa State, this sixty-two.
1: Our resident sports directors bracket.
0: <laughs> I made the, So I originally I go by
3: the the formula that. A five-seater lower is almost always going to make the final four. Statistically, it happens more than a dozen. So I was like, I'm going to pick one. I originally had picked Auburn. picked the wrong one. <laughs> I talked myself out of it. You guys might have helped me talk myself out of it. And for some reason, I said, well,
0: I should trust Iowa State more than I should trust Auburn. I, I talked to you about Iowa State because I said Iowa State is that team that, they're going to either make the Final Four or they're going to lose in the first round. Because that's years, just one Iowa these State. Years,
3: they're going to make that deep tournament run, I think. I don't know when it'll be. It might be twenty fifth, like 2040 after Fred Hoiberg gets fired at Nebraska and <laughs> comes, comes back, back to Iowa State. Comes back. <laughs> <laughs> but one of these years, they're going to do that. This year
0: was not the year um, they got cold late. Caleb Wesson was... A man. Yeah. I mean, that's why I picked Ohio State to win this game because I just didn't think They're, Iowa State had an inside presence that could compete with the size and skill of Caleb West. There were also
3: a couple weird calls that went against, Ohio, against Iowa State that didn't help them either, and it just
0: really anything that could go wrong for them did. Next game was another blowout win. Third-seeded Houston took on 14th-seed Georgia State. Houston rolled in that one as well, 84-55. to Wofford took on Seton Hall in a 7-10 matchup. They ran away with that one, 84-68. And then Kentucky took on 15 seed Abilene Christian. Shout out to former Northwest Missouri State football coach Adam Dorrell. They could have used him. They could have. <laughs> they, they needed some spark is what they needed, and yeah. he didn't. He couldn't give them any. So Kentucky ended up rolling through that one as well, 79-44. to Moving back up into into the east region we're going to go quickly through the round of 32 games duke ucf what a great game that one was i mean taco fall fouls out on a zion williamson and one late in the game zion misses the free throw rj barrett who's standing down there tries is is getting blocked out by what would have been taco fall had he not fouled out rj barrett gets the offensive rebound gets the put back ucf tries to get a look on the other end Gets a f- uh, layup, misses that. Put back, misses that, and that b- Duke that escaped. Ball, that ball, oh. ball
2: defied physics. I don't <laughs> twice. understand twice. twice I don't physics. know how it does not go in. First of all, second of all, Taco Fall does not foul out. UCF wins that ball. Oh, I, I totally. Cause yep. He gets the
3: rebound. Yep. Then on the flip side, they could have fouled him. He's an atrocious free free throw shooter. So it's true. Who knows? But yeah, that was um, that was a wild. That was the best game of the tournament for like,
1: and for. Uh, uh, blanking on the Dawkins. I mean, what a storyline! You're yeah. playing against your dad, your team. alma mater, and uh, your and your and then his son was the best player in that game. Um, that would have been heartbreaking to just be right there against well, your old team, your head, your head coach in college.
3: I think what ultimately lost it for UCF was this is a Duke team that does not shoot the three well at all. They're like 339th in the nation at three point shooting percentage. They, UCF they were,
1: exposed They were that.
3: terrible. But UCF also late in the game, they basically, they said, we're going to stop Zion, we're going to stop R.J. Barrett, who aren't really great three-point shooters, anyways, and they wouldn't come out of the zone. They said if, do, if Trey Jones wants to take shots on the perimeter, we're going to let him. And Trey Jones knocked down some big threes because UCF
0: wouldn't come out of the zone. They were leaving the three open, and they knocked down just enough. Next round of 32 matchup was Virginia Tech taking on Liberty it was. I mean, it was a semi-close game. So. Yeah, it seemed it seemed to be in between kind of that eight to twelve point range for Virginia Tech the whole game. But it seemed like they were thoroughly in control throughout, and they ended up winning that 67 to fifty-eight. Next game is third seed LSU took on sixth seed Maryland, and and what a wild finish that one was. I mean, just very back and forth, especially in the second half. I mean, just so many lead changes in the second half of that game, and then Tremont Waters. But that huge layup with only one and a half seconds left in the game to help beat help the Tigers beat Maryland in that one, 69-67.
3: Yeah, these were two teams that I had Belmont in the Sweet 16 because I'd never trust Maryland in the tournament. They haven't really done anything under Mark Turgeon come March. true. And then I wasn't still on LSU with all the stuff that was going on there under Will Wade, but just a really fun game for sure. Uh, I thought that the size was going to –
1: be a factor for LSU, but they just went right at it. They weren't afraid of it, um,
0: and we saw it on that last play, just go right at the size and get in the game-winning bucket. Next game we're going to discuss is Minnesota taking on Michigan State. It was an all-Big Ten matchup there in the round of 32, um, but kind of like you saw with Minnesota taking on Michigan State in the regular season – Michigan State was just too much Cassius Winston and, and Nick Warden those guys were just too much for Minnesota they come out on top and that one 70 to 50 moving over to the South region Virginia took on Oklahoma winning that one 63 to 51 to move on to a sweet 16. next game was a 12 versus 13 matchup which I, I really enjoyed watching this game uh, and it was pretty close especially in the first half but in the second half, Peyton Pritchard took over for Oregon, and Kenny Wooten and those guys just seemed to be – there. they had too much athleticism for UC Irvine to be able to deal with, and they ended up running away with it in the second half, winning that one 73-54. Watching that game,
1: if I would have been a Virginia fan, I would have been really nervous because Oregon just – they had a stretch there where they literally could not miss a shot, and they were just chucking up because they knew it was going in. Uh, And I think I put – I was like – Oregon is hot, and I put—because I, I remember, I put in our group chat, I was like, if K-State would have beat UC Irvine, I don't think we would have beaten Oregon. And then you two absolutely wrecked my life, uh, saying, oh, well, it doesn't matter because you didn't beat UC Irvine. <laughs> so, but that game, I remember specifically saying, they can't miss.
0: Yeah, they were—I mean, they were pretty <laughs> that During that stretch where they, it seemed like they couldn't miss yeah. a shot, Peyton Pritchard from the same spot hit two— Hit back to back on two straight possessions, just kind of step back, like fading away yeah, twenty-eight that's footers, just and up saying, oh, that's nothing in. but net on both of them. It just seemed like they they could do no wrong, and there wasn't much UC Irvine could do to to win that game. Next game was Purdue taking on Villanova, and Purdue just embarrassed yeah, the defending national champions. That was a spanking! Oh my goodness! That they was came out. Surprising. They came out shooting the lights out. Carson Edwards was. Absolutely ridiculous. Finished with forty-two points. He hit nine threes. I mean and you'd think that was the best performance he had in the tournament, but uh was, like, as was, we'll discuss in a little bit, it best. wasn't. Just yeah. just outrageous. The the Boilermakers shot fifty three percent from the three point line as a team, hitting sixteen of their thirty attempts on the game. Just just an outrageous game uh, for for Purdue and Carson Edwards. Next game, Tennessee taking on Iowa. I'll, I'll step wow. back on this one. Let you free wow. th- take
1: it. I know Tucker's been saving, him,
0: saving his voice. For this the one toyed is. with my emotions yep. so much. Because I was, I was in Springfield uh, last Saturday for, during the game. Um, my girlfriend had a, a National Honor Society ceremony that she was invited to. And, and so I went down there with her family to watch the game or to go to that. And I was watching the game. We were at Fazoli's, I think, just like some restaurant, some fast food place or something, eating, and I'm watching the game on my phone, and I was down thirty-eight to seven or whatever, or whatever <laughs> the score was. It wasn't
3: quite, but it was bad. Yeah, it was, it was Yeah, bad. we
0: were down like forty-one to sixteen or something. We were getting absolutely throttled. We were down by as much as twenty-five, and I I turned it off. They were they were up by twenty-one points at halftime. I thought this game's over, and I and then I started getting text messages in the second half from my father and from Tucker. It's like, hey, we got it to 14. Hey, we got it to 12. And I was like, okay, I'll turn. I'll. That's what I was doing. I was, I was
2: texting. I'm like, down to 14. Down to 10. And down, I, down to 7. seven. I,
0: I, I turned it back on on my phone, and we ended up tying it up, and the game goes into overtime, and it's of course, uh, uh, Grant Williams took over in that one. He scored six of the, of the Vols, 12 points in overtime, and just a, a, a as a Hawkeye, it hurt, right, to, to see the season end and those sorts of things, but I mean, all in all, I think it was a pretty successful season. I can't be upset with, with the results of what happened uh, during the course of the season, beating the Big 12 Tournament Champions, beating the Pac-12 Tournament Champions, beating the American Tournament Champions. I mean, just a, a 20-win season. You make the second round of the NCAA Tournament. I think this team had potential to do better than they did, but after 14 and 19 a year ago i can't be upset with the results that we saw
3: and it's funny you guys talk about that um i had pretty similar emotions um <laughs> i was watching the game with my girlfriend's parents and my girlfriend and we're they're more of an iowa state iowa state fans than they are iowa fans um so they didn't so care are
2: you trevor don't even No, do i'm no
3: i'm not I am, I am definitely not um but i'm from iowa so i i kind of root for both um but <laughs> you guys didn't like you don't like that Nah. (laughs) I don't I don't root for Iowa State like hardcore. Right. I don't root for them to lose though really either unless they're playing Iowa. Yeah. I mean if they're playing Iowa, I want them to lose by fifty. Anyways, back (laughs) to my point. You're watching the game, they're getting manhandled, and at halftime I said, I'm done. I I can't do this. I had smart things I'd do. And then I'm a huge racing guy, so I turned on the race and I in our weekend sports kickoff group chat said.
1: This is the earliest?
3: I, I, I penciled Tennessee in as the winner at halftime for our bracket contest. I never pencil someone in until, like, if it's a 20-point game with a minute left. And I said, there's no way they're coming back. I've seen this team all year. This is typical Iowa. I'm penciling Tennessee in at halftime. Congratulations, to everyone who has Tennessee in the Sweet 16. You got your four points. So I go on doing my things, <laughs> and Andrew Botwinick texts me, and he said, are you still watching the game? And I said, no. Why? And he's like, they're down to 14. Look at my phone. I'm like, okay, whatever. Keep watching the IndyCar race. It's down to nine. So I turn it for a second. They get back up to thirteen. I'm like, okay, well, obviously, I shouldn't be watching.
1: It's all it's all on you. <laughs> so
3: I turned the channel back. Then he texts me a minute ago. He's like, "This is your warning. That's a five point game." So then I was, in, I had to watch it. Then yep. I was invested, and uh, it the second half was excruciating. It it toyed <laughs> with my emotions, maybe more in the first half because, <laughs> like, there was a part of me it's like, I want him to win. I want him to get to the Sweet Sixteen. And there's another part of me, it's like, I can't really be too upset with this loss because they were down 25, and the fight they showed in the second half and the resiliency was incredible. Um, So what
1: does that do for the future
2: of this team, then, to say we were right there? uh, Okay, hold on. Hold on with that question. Hold on one second. Oh, boy.
1: This is what he's been waiting for.
2: This is a conversation that I want to have with Logan because he and I— Oh, jeez. He and I— are very different in our viewpoints of this situation. Maybe Trevor can be the mediator. Maybe. Sure.
3: Um, I might have similar viewpoints. I don't know.
2: <laughs> and right after the game, uh, or maybe it was a day after the game, we were talking. Do we have time for a five-minute conversation about Iowa basketball? We'll make it work. All right. So uh, right after the game, Logan texts us in the group chat. He's like, my viewpoint for Fran McCaffrey and the Iowa basketball team has changed because up until this point, Logan and I have both been on the bandwagon that Fran needs to be gone he's done nothing for this Iowa basketball team except keep them as what most Hawkeye sports are as the pa- most painfully average sports team in across America okay <laughs> um, but then Logan texts me he's like okay this this absolutely has changed the way Fran can adjust in a second half the way he puts up you know a very valuable very impressive fight against a number one ranked team for you know, a majority of the you know, Division one basketball season. Um, and I want to ask him just to explain himself on the air a little bit because my viewpoint is, okay, you can put together a good two tournament games. Okay, cool. That's, that's fine. Usually most coaches um, in a power, power four really because they're really not a power five conference in college basketball. But power four, if you have a tenure um, as long as Fran has had, which usually, is how long? Ten years. Ten years. Oh, ten
3: years. I think he's been his sure ten. He'll, at, is tenth. Is, he'll wow. be at Iowa for ten, ten years. years.
2: And so you you usually get to those tournament games if you're successful. You get to those tournament games. You win one, maybe a couple. I mean, most coaches in that um, in that realm have that under their belt,
3: or they at least get to like one sweet sixteen. Absolutely.
2: Okay. Fran does it one time, and Logan's like, "Nope." He's, he is the Hawkeye coach of the year. He is, should be here. He should be, His job should be secured. No way he's going to be on the hot seat. I want to ask you, why do you feel that way?
0: Well, I, I think you talk about the fact that Fran's been here for 10 years and he hasn't had any sustained level of success. Not very many Hawkeye coaches ever have had sustained success. Todd Licklider also did him no favor. Yeah, Todd Licklider, Licklider put this program in a hole that it had never seen before. Prior to Tom Davis arriving here in 1979, it had never been seen before. And, and Tom Davis brought this program to a level that it had never seen before. Within four years, we were in a Final Four. You can't expect that to happen, with, especially with what you're seeing out of the Big Ten. And that's why it wasn't just the way Iowa played in the NCAA tournament and the fight that they showed in the way that Fran adjusted his his playing style and his game plans and things like that in the because second half. Because he,
2: he did do that both games, versus yes, Cincinnati, very versus Tennessee. I mean, it was a totally different ball club the second half of those games. But my question to you is, is what, why can't he implement that with the film that he has and put together a full 40 minutes? Because you don't see that. With the Iowa basketball team, you do not see them put together a full solid 40 minutes
3: I think the Iowa State game might be the only yeah possibly. sure or the Michigan game yeah this season. It. I mean, you look at even
0: some of the games they and that's they won. and
2: that's two games out of a twenty five game yeah. season. That all I comes mean, that's, down to that's not
0: great to scouting and game planning. And you you scout a team and you put a game plan together for for the game. And then you roll into the first half, and that game plan may not work. That
3: happens. In-game adjustments. there's some coaches that are great at in-game adjustments.
0: And and Fran's not a great in-game adjustment. Fran is a great X's and O's, sort of, right? If you want him to drop a play during an out-of-bounds or during a timeout, he is one of the best in college basketball at that. He's tremendous when you can get him in a a space where he has 10 to 12 minutes, like a halftime situation, to think about changes and things like that that he needs to make. But on-the-fly coaching isn't necessarily Fran's bread and butter. He's not Scott Drew-level bad, though. Right.
3: Scott Drew. <laughs> but I think I'm kind of in between you guys. Like, I don't necessarily want Fran to go, but it's also not going to hurt my feelings.
2: It's just it's – at Iowa, we have accepted a level of averageness that is not yes. accepted by most programs with a, with a, um, a history of, of that. You see that at Nebraska happening right now. I mean, they. But you've
0: seen what that's done to Nebraska. Absolutely,
2: but that we need to
0: win. We need to keep winning. We need to keep winning. These nine and ten win seasons aren't good enough, and then you end up with a four or five win coach in Mike Riley.
2: Their mistake was letting Bo Pelini go in his whatever how many years at Nebraska. He didn't. He didn't go through a season losing or winning more. Sorry, winning less. Than nine games. He won at every, least 9 games every, every single season. Every single he season he was there, he won 9 games or more. Well, but did, at I, but at Iowa, we win, you know, we go we go 8 and 4, 9 and 3, 7 and 5. Like we said earlier in the show, we go 12 and 0 one year with a very very good shot of a college football playoff appearance. And that's it. And that sets Iowa as the that, – that gives them enough juice to last another 10 years that we're never yeah. going to do that again. And so that's where my question comes from is how long do we let this averageness play a role I in think, Hawkeye sports? I
3: think next year is the, the telltale. And I also think the fact that Fran McCaffrey has a, a son coming in that is a really, really good high school basketball player who's committed to Iowa. That so factor Co- in so him staying maybe Maybe has a little bit of play into it. I don't – no. Of him staying at Iowa, yeah, I don't know how much for sure. But yeah, it shouldn't
2: think, it shouldn't be his call to make, no, it though. It, it it that's shouldn't. not, of course, but, Fran wants to stay at Iowa because he's his son's there right now. He's got another son that coming up, and then they have a third younger son that I mean is b- being brought up through the Iowa City West School District.
3: I think next year is the with what they return. Next year is the telltale. If this team, you know, if you think back to two years ago, they were a borderline tournament team. Um, they did lose some pieces, if I remember correctly from two years ago, but they lost Peter Jock. but they returned they returned some nice pieces, though, too. They did. And you thought, okay, this could maybe be a team that could kind of be that same bubble team, and they took a step back, they got worse. But Peter Jock is
2: as best as it gets for the Iowa basketball team. Peter Jock, yeah. you do not
0: see Peter Jocks happen every single year in Iowa? I mean, you did for a while. You saw Devin Marble, then you saw Aaron White, then you saw Jared Uthoff, and then you saw Peter Jock. (laughs)
2: Peter Jock was what, a four-star coming out of high school? He was. He was actually a five-star.
0: He was Mr. Basketball. He was actually a five-star coming Like when they started ranking him his sophomore year, and then he blew his knee out. Because, I mean, Um, North Carolina, Kentucky, all those other schools had offered, and then he blew his knee out, and they all bailed, except for Fran.
3: There's a Peter Jock right now in Iowa. His name is Xavier Foster.
0: Yeah, um, and, I think, well and I think I. Jock, <laughs> and I
3: think we have a Peter Jock,
2: and
3: I think we have a Peter
2: Jock developing He's in Jordan so Weescamp because Jordan Wieskamp is fantastic and he was a stud for us as freshman year as a true yeah. well, freshman. Well, he was a
3: stud in high school too. I, mean, I know I that's Mr. what I'm saying. I think two years in a row. Absolutely, a row, yeah, coming um,
2: out of Muscatine High School, he was fantastic piece for the Iowa basketball team. But I mean, so then one more question before we move on. Is this as good as it'll get for Iowa? No,
3: I think next because year,
2: we're good at bringing in two and three stars and across all sports. We're good at two and three stars, and you're seeing it right now in the NFL draft. We have two tight ends that are expected to go seven and ten right now. I think we are good at making them into who they in are in
0: football, not in basketball. Well, that's what I'm saying. Is that everybody we can, complains but, about Fran's lack of recruiting in basketball? He's br- he brings in ESPN He's top one hundred guys every year. Luca Garza was an ESPN top one hundred. Of course, Connor was an ESPN top one hundred, but that's his kid. You can't really mention Pat- that. I think
3: Patrick might be too, but again, that's We that's
0: Patrick's big. in the top sixty. Yeah. Wieskamp was in the top fifty. Tyler Cook was in the top fifty. Jared Utoff was dog. in the top fifty. Mike Gazelle, Adam Woodbury. These were all ESPN top one hundred players and four star recruits. It's just about it doesn't seem like they, especially in the cases of they Adam Woodbury into Carver, and Mike guy,
2: and they nosedive. Tyler Cook has not played up to what he's supposed to this year he's, at all.
3: At times, he think has. He, I think he's the only one that's really dive though, because Jared Utah didn't actually go to Iowa. Right, originally. he was originally he was Trans- went to Wisconsin, Wisconsin. right? Um, but he's the only one that really nosedived. I mean, Cook was probably the most frustrating Iowa player for me that I've seen in a long time, maybe even ever.
1: You know, I, think I was I, pretty upset with him after the loss. Absolutely. I was, and
0: he frustrates me because I know how talented he can be and it seems like at times he doesn't want to. It just seems like at times he's more concerned with himself or right the numbers that he can put up versus team success and those sorts of things. He wants to improve his NBA draft stock. A- and he forces the issue. He gets a rebound and decides to go 92 feet down the floor to try to get a layup, and he bounces the ball off his own yeah. foot or off or his knee or he, it, or he gets the ball stolen he a or he gets the charge or whatever. But we're or talking he about. Bounces at eight feet off the backboard. It talking just,
2: about nosediving. I mean, we, what did we start? 20 and 5, 20, 20 and, and 5. 20 and 5. And we finished the way we did. It's that that's it's the like, telltale story for Fran McCaffrey and the coaching staff.
3: 2013 14, they started, they were up. Ranked as high as like number five. we
0: were were twenty-one and five that year. We were ranked third in the country. We don't on the cover of Sports Illustrated. One at Michigan. Never want to be in the cover
2: of Sports (laughs)
1: Illustrated. One
0: at Michigan State when they were ranked number one in the country.
2: And that's the thing is that that's where I get so frustrated with Fran is that time and time and time and time and time again he has not shown that he has been able to close out the season. Average. Well. As every Hawkeye fan should. I don't think that's a that I don't think that's a very unique so thing to me. My
3: my football and my basketball Fair. expectations are a little different. Basketball, I'd that I want them to get to the tournament every year. I want them to be relevant. I want it to be I can't look at them the way I look at the Royals. I just want it to be like March and me to care about basketball. Right. Last year I didn't I was like, okay, they're eleven and sixteen. They have no business at all. Even if, if some years I might be in an IT. It's no, just a it's a, it's, it's it's a not, problem
2: for me that we're going from a 4 or 5 seed to a borderline in, 9 seed in, in 2, two weeks. weeks. That's that's, that's horrible. Problem.
3: I think next year's a, the really telling one for Fran with what they return if they come out and they finish 17 and 13.
2: Okay, so Logan, they finish the 17 top. and 13 is Fran on the hot seat. Next I year,
3: yes. I think he's gone. I think he's gone
0: too. I think hey, I'll he gets fired. I'll take the, that. we are hey, losing as they, of right if, now. If that's they,
3: what you want. I'll take that. If they miss the tournament.
0: If they miss yeah, and I think I say that, but that is Where very dependent the on NIT? that uh, gone. The nit who cares. that is very dependent on who leaves and who stays as well. If Tyler Cook leaves, I think that should change expectations a little bit. I think if Isaiah Moss leaves, that changes expectations a little bit. So uh, I think if those guys return, if we return everybody that we had this year, minus of course Nicholas Bear who graduated, right. and you bring in. Patrick McCaffrey, who's an ESPN Top 100 recruit, and you bring in a guy like Joe Tuassant, a New York kid, a four-star point guard, and if this team doesn't th- – this team next year, if we return all those pieces, this team should win no less than 24 or 25 games. I totally agree. They should be. This top. team should be a top-four seed in the Big Ten and a top-four seed in the NCAA tournament. I might yep. say five, but I, I – I mean, really, there's just... Other than not, Michigan State. Not- right, Michigan State, Michigan. Purdue. Yeah, Purdue. How good will Minnesota but Purdue, be this year? Purdue is... Without Jordan Murphy, it's going to be tough. Might, but I Daniel might, Oturu, he can progress. I might put Wisconsin ahead of him just because Wisconsin. But yeah, without but- Ethan Happ, I don't know if I trust Wisconsin.
2: If the Hawks do not receive a double buy next year, I think it's time to turn the head of Fran and say, Hey, this, this is an issue. With the amount of talent that we got... The, the history in the last three years of absolutely just nosediving at the end of a season, it's just it's it's getting old. It is absolutely getting old. It's we need we need to
0: look to somewhere else, right? And and I think the thing that you're seeing with with Fran McCaffrey is with, with yeah, wow. With Fran McCaffrey imagine? is is different. Is, is that different. Higher? It's different than what than what Iowa Gotta sees with it. Kirk. Gotta Farrant. love that. That would be hype because with. Right, you're seeing, right, Iowa can be average at times with Kirk fans, but we do have those those high years and where we go to a Rose that, Bowl. That gives the or we Hawkeye go to Bowl, right.
1: juice into it's the last 10 years, yeah. like Iowa, said. Yeah,
0: yeah, Iowa hasn't, right, we don't have that every three or four years with Fran McCaffrey where we make a Sweet 16 or an Elite 8 or, God forbid, a Final Four run. We don't see that. It doesn't happen with with Iowa basketball. We He's haven't been to like a Final a Four since Chris Beard 1987. Makes it miraculous
1: to lead to an Elite Eight, and then the next year backs it up by making it to the Final Four. It's
0: yeah, I see it just what you're doesn't saying. happen. It's not even. I mean, it's less sporadic than that. Even. I mean, re- we haven't made a Final Four since 1987. All right,
2: we can get to continue this talk after we get off the air. If you want yeah. to add
3: one more thing, Trevor, I was just say I got to go. So it's been fun. Okay, thank <laughs> you guys. <laughs> Wait,
1: who you got winning it all?
3: Virginia, Oh Virginia. Yeah, uh, Virginia. Um, so I actually, I did, I did a final four. Virginia versus for, who? I had I originally had Virginia over Michigan in the one we did for X one hundred six. But so we did one at one of my my workplaces where the scoring was weird. You get like one point for a one seed, two points for a two seed. So you want to pick lower seeds. Lower seeds. And my final four was do or Michigan State, and then Texas Tech, Auburn, and Virginia. So I'm really kicking myself for not <laughs> using that one for all of my brackets because I would be
0: be sitting pretty good right yeah, now yeah
2: pretty good what game are we on
0: uh we wanted to go through the round of 32 in the west and midwest before we even start the sweet tea.
1: but the west was
0: the west the west blowout. was a blowout yeah it was, i mean gonzaga blew out baylor in the 1-9 matchup uh florida state blew out murray state in the 4-12 matchup um john morrett you could just tell he didn't have help in, in that no game help. it was tough Texas Tech blew out Buffalo in that one, seventy-seven to seventy-eight to fifty-eight. Michigan blew out Florida, sixty-four to forty-nine. Um, and then on the Midwest side of the bracket, North Carolina beat Washington, eighty-one to fifty-nine. Auburn beat Kansas, eighty-nine to seventy-five. They shot absolutely lights out. It seemed like they just could not miss throughout the entire game because they couldn't. <laughs> Houston, not. Houston beat 11-seed Ohio State 74-59. Hey, saw that a lot
1: this it year. It's like those teams that they lost to, they lost to. They shot well. Iowa State. Well, that's the thing with the Oklahoma, big Twelve is
2: that you have good shooting teams and teams that cannot play defense, and that's the reason why Kansas lost. Here's the question I want to ask. And that's why Kansas
0: State and Texas Tech have a level of success. They had this Big This is what I want mean, to ask you about
1: Kansas. Defense. If uh, Arvadji plays uh, the whole season, play he yes. ah, uh,
0: plays the whole season. If Arvadji, i plays If Yudoka mm-hmm. as Buki plays, I think the I think Kansas take both. I honestly believe that. I don't know how well I still if they win the Big 12, then they don't match up with Auburn. They're true. a one or a two seed.
1: Yeah, true. Uh, he def—I mean, he definitely would have helped. Does he win uh, the Big 12?
2: Do they go Texas fi- Tech th-
1: was good. To do they share? go 15 straight? I think they share the Big 12. They don't win it outright. I think they share think the Big 12 right. with probably Texas Tech. I, I agree. Think you're right. I completely agree. Yep. Probably. Right. Because I mean, he doesn't provide much else other than. Rebounding and a down low presence because he's a f-
0: right truck led the nation in tru- field goal percentage last year. Yeah, seventy eight percent. Yeah, a truck outrageous. and just sits down in the paint and uses his size. Kind of like what Caleb Wesson did does for Ohio State, but just yeah, at, a, exactly. at an even better at exactly. an even bigger level and more more an elite but level. He
1: wouldn't have helped them beat a team like Iowa State or Auburn or teams that shoot the ball like
0: like that. But I think I think he could have helped them against Iowa State because Iowa State didn't have anybody that could guard him. Just like True. what Caleb Weston did for Iowa State. True. So I mean, and that helps your guards out because they don't need to help down low as much. They can get out and they can cover shooters a little bit more. than they have a guy like Udoka would Be like, hey, the seven footers got it. So I mean, I, I yeah, that's so that's a very that's a very big what if sort of question. Kentucky is that final team. Kentucky, they took on Wofford in that final Midwest matchup in the round of 32, winning that one 62 to 56. The
1: best three pointer of shooter of all time in college basketball,
0: Come 0 of 12. On, dude. He needed to make five threes <clears throat> in the game to become the NCAA uh, single season leader in three pointers made, and in, in one single season, and he went 0 for 12. Ugh, he was four or five Brutal. from the from from inside the arc, 0 of 12 from behind it. Brutal. Sweet 16 now moving back up to the East region. Duke escaped. Somehow, someway, they Yet did again. it again. Yet again. they
1: Defies beat. physics. It's just, how? How? How does it keep happening? And, and this play was, the I, guy just.
0: Well, I do just want to point out, first of all, and people keep saying the kid just flat out missed it. That was a terrible alley-oop pass. That was horrible.
1: Do you think he led him too far? He
0: led him way too. I mean, that ball he ended up on the left side of the basket. Trying, I mean, put that thing near the rim, and that's a dunk, and that's ball game. But he threw it way on the left side of the basket, five or six feet from the bucket, where that kid had to go up grab it. And then he just seemed like he was trying to set it like a volleyball yeah, into the he basket. Like, he
1: didn't like. I don't know if he thought he had less time to really like. Grab I think that it plays a
0: role, and I think the other thing is he knew who was guarding him, and he knew who was right behind him, and that true. was Zion Williamson. Yeah, true. I mean, and, and oh, he, you've seen the freakish things he's a, been able to an, do. And, what an
1: amazing play drawn up,
0: though. Oh yeah, absolutely. Next game was a uh, definitely not as close. Michigan State took on LSU, and you kind of saw, this, yeah, you kind of saw for Tom the first Izzo time going against that assistant head coach, right? Tom Izzo and his experience versus LSU, who had an interim because their head coach being suspended. Just it. Tom Izzo knew what he had to do, his team knew what they had to do, and they just rolled in that one, 80-63. Moving now to the South region, Virginia took on Oregon in a game that was just Virginia in
1: finest. I was hoping. I just was a just a hoping defensive slug oh, Unbelievable. And the way that Oregon was playing offensively before that, was like, what is happening?
0: Yeah, This <laughs> is, uh, I mean, they're... Teams put up 102 points by themselves in one game. Oregon and Virginia combined to score 102 points in this game. Virginia escaped in that one just barely, 53 to 49. And what really helped Virginia win that game was their ability to crash the offensive glass. They had 11 offensive rebounds to just six for Oregon which gave them plenty of second-chance opportunities, and then they had only eight turnovers to 11 from Oregon, which is three extra opportunities with the basketball for an extra possession. When you do
1: all the number crunching, right. you're they, like, well, it makes sense. That they took
0: was. Virginia took eight more shots in the game than Oregon did, which is why they made four more field goal attempts, which is why they won this game. Next game, next Sweet 16 game was Purdue taking on Tennessee in – what I, I think it might just be the the, the the play the game of the tournament out of all these just the most the, the most entertaining. Purdue
1: game was pretty good.
0: It was. It definitely was. That but, I mean, might be my what a complete might be polar opposite games that true. you've seen out of the, <laughs> the, that you saw in the Sweet Sixteen from the South Region. Two teams combined to score 102 points while Purdue put up 99 points by themselves in that game. I mean, 99 to 94 is the final score in that game against Tennessee, and, well, I mean, yeah, you point out, of course, the way that Carson Edwards played. 29 points. Just tremendous, tremendous job from him. But I think the story of this game was the play of Ryan Klein.
1: unbelievable,
0: Just an outrageous Bucket. shooting performance. Bucket. Seven of ten from behind the arc by himself. Purdue made 15 threes. Carson Edwards hit five threes himself. So I mean you think about Ryan Klein and Carson Edwards those two combined to score 56 points between the two of them and 12 of produced 15 threes and that was that's Purdue's first elite eight appearance since 2000. So I mean just a, just a remarkable performance by those two and I mean Grant Williams played exceptionally well Admiral Schofield played exceptionally well but it was tough for Admiral Schofield because he scored Nineteen points, I believe, in only twenty-one minutes. He battled foul trouble throughout yeah. the game. Couldn't really get a rhythm in the second half, especially because of foul trouble, and that really helped helped Purdue in that game. That Haas
1: guy down low is a factor. I mean, he, when you have a seven-footer like just that, big. it's just it's tough. Yeah, I mean, just
0: just a just a tall guy to have yep. to shoot over the. Even top if he doesn't up. have that crazy of a stat line, it's just what he can provide for you defensively is, is a difference maker. Now in the West Region, Gonzaga, the one seed in that region, taking on four seed Florida Another State. Another
1: impressive controlled win. Yeah, <laughs>
0: very much so. Uh, Gonzaga played very, very well in that one. Ryu Uchimara scored seventeen points. He he was tremendous in that Where one. Is kind he of a, the draft. Is he a top ten. He's a top ten. I think he's okay. a lottery pick for sure. In, in my opinion, so um, he scored seventeen points. Zach Norvell chipped in fifteen. Gonzaga a year ago lost to Florida State in the Sweet 16. So for them this year to be able to get that win, to be able to avenge their loss from a season to go against Florida State, just a, a really important win for their program. And then the other matchup, Texas Tech took on Michigan. And, I mean, you mentioned the, the defensive effort of, of Virginia holding Oregon to just 49 points, or even Oregon holding Virginia to 53. How about Texas Tech holding Michigan to just 44 <clears throat> points?
2: That Michigan team's looking real good for you, isn't it, Logan?
0: I don't. I don't. Did you pick Michigan to be right Tech?
2: Now. No, I picked Tech. Mm-hmm. I've got. I've got. I've got. Michigan State, Virginia, Texas Tech in my Final Four. I've got three of the four Final Fours. So, I. I don't know how you pick Auburn. My. Uh, I've just got to give him a <laughs> shout out. I told him I give a shout out to him. Um, one of my buddies in my fraternity has Auburn winning it all. He had him beating. He had him beating. Um, <laughs> Kentucky, North Carolina, and Kansas, and he's like, th- obviously that's never been that's never been done. Cheating all three all the of them, blue woods all like three that. of them. Um, the last time that uh, uh, Kentucky, North Carolina went down was um, the nineteen ninety seven Arizona Wildcats, and they went on to win it all that year. So it'll be
1: interesting. That is interesting. That is interesting.
2: But yeah, Texas Tech. I think
1: they were a 60. And I posed a question here that we'll talk about in the final 10 minutes of who's looked the most impressive, and that's going to be – because you mentioned Auburn. I've mentioned Texas Tech. you mentioned Michigan State. That's that's tough.
0: That's really tough. Sure is. I want. Was Mike Bibby on that team, that 1997 Arizona team? I'm pretty Arizona sure he team? was. I, I feel like he had to have I'm been. pretty
2: sure he
1: was.
0: I mean, he had to have been on that team, right? Yeah. Just. <laughs> Seems right timing. Gotta be, I would say. Moving now to the Midwest region, Sweet Sixteen matchup. Speaking of Auburn, they took on North Carolina in the Sweet Sixteen. You hate to see it because I had North Carolina winning the whole thing, but Auburn once again absolutely shot the lights out. Ninety-seven to eighty, the final score in on that one. North Carolina didn't really seem very close in and this Carolina's game. North Carolina is a pretty good jump.
1: offensive. And they beat them
0: they just outscored in them. Ninety seven to eighty team. It's just probably the
1: best scoring team whoo. in the ACC, they outscored. Pretty easily.
0: Yeah. The other six sweet sixteen matchup in that Midwest region, Kentucky taking on Houston in a two versus three matchup. PJ Washington, Tyler Eero were absolutely the reason. That Kentucky won this game. How
1: impressive is that for PJ Washington to come back and play in the last two games? Oh, as well he was as he huge. Did.
0: Sixteen points, just absolutely I mean, phenomenal. You missed so much of
1: the season, and for him to come in, Cal, Cal said it. He said he's the reason we won this game today, and he was. I yeah, mean, he you, really can't, was.
0: you can't. You can't all disagree with it. So, and then moving into the Elite Eight, back up to the East Region, the East Region Final, Duke, Michigan State. What a phenomenal game this was! Oh, it just—it just seemed like, especially late in that game, in those final five minutes, it just seemed like Duke was going to find a way again, just like they did against UCF, just like they did against Virginia <coughs> Tech. <coughs> it just seemed like they were going to somehow find a way to win this game. And Cassius Winston was tremendous. You want to leave? You want to just? I'm not going to see. It was huge. Kenny Goins hit in a Cass- uh, just an absolute. Huge three-pointer late in that game, which was a, a very, very important shot and kind of a risky shot because three possessions before that, Kenny Goins had taken another three-pointer from the top of the key, and Zion somehow blocked it. I don't know how he did it. It seemed like he the left way. like I don't know 15 he did it, feet, but he, did. <laughs> but he did. And so for him to two, three possessions later step up and take that almost that exact same look and hit it with Zion Bearing down on him again was just just a huge game. It was a huge huge reason Michigan State ended up winning this game.
2: All right, I've asked you once, I've asked you twice, I've asked you three times, and now this is the fourth. Are you ready? Are you
0: on the Sparty bandwagon yet? I have never not been on the Sparty I bandwagon. I feel like I yeah. picked them to beat Mich- I picked Michigan to beat them. Yes. But that doesn't mean I don't think Michigan time State is time after
2: time after time. It's three times you pick Michigan to beat them. Now they beat Duke. Is that is that not good enough? It is good, them good them enough. Win <laughs> not, they're they're not winning it all now.
0: Yes, I think they do. Okay, I have you. them winning it all. Yes, absolutely, one hundred percent. And you're that. you're telling me I don't, you're, I appreciate you're that. telling me I'm, I I wasn't on the Michigan State bandwagon but yet you're the one that was trying to convince me that Ethan Happ was the Big Ten player of the year and not Cassius Winston. When I told that's, you I a that's personality. Cassius that's, Winston.
2: That's a player v player. I don't I don't want to talk about that because Michigan State goes up against Wisconsin. Michigan State's beaten by 30. So, if we're talking yeah, about and Cassius how good Winston's a better th-
0: player than Ethan Happ.
2: Okay, that's fine. But I'm talking about Michigan State
1: bandwagon. Is, is Cashes Winston a better
2: player than Carson Edwards?
0: Yes, he's not a better scorer, but he's a better player. Okay, Defe- all right, well, that's fair. He's a. He's I picked Carson Edwards so so good defensively, and he's an absolutely tremendous facilitator. So I, mean, I just
2: want you to say I was wrong on the air just one time, please. I just was to...
0: wrong about them losing to Michigan. Michigan, yes, I was I wrong about it. that. I, I Completely it. agree. That's all I wanted to hear. <laughs> <laughs> I really thought Michigan was a great team. I know it was you did. great this that's year. Okay. I really did. It's fine. And they did they made the Sweet Sixteen. It's which fine. Which is kind of subpar for Michigan standards.
2: Forty four points against Texas Tech. Right, a, big a team quality. that's
0: also in the final four. I'm just saying. As am I. The other game, <laughs> uh the next game we're gonna talk about is the South Region. Just. Virginia taking on Purdue, a one versus three in that South Regional final and what a tremendous game this one was as well as we've kind of seen throughout this NCAA tournament as we do every year. Just very very close games throughout. Um, Kyle Guy and Carson Edwards had an absolute shootout at the end of at the end of regulation in this one, and throughout the game really. And, and
2: I was listening. Was on. this the biggest choke? Was this was this huge? This Virginia Purdue
1: game.
0: Oh boy, choke is a bad word. It's I don't think that's a good for word this game. for this. this See, game was I,
1: a
2: huge choke for Purdue.
1: I like the – do you guys – how do you feel about fouling when you're up three with
2: well, the last that's, possession? That, that was everybody's like that Big Ten mindset when Ethan Happ was Do you was on like the floor? that move? Absolutely. Of, that's yeah. so strategic.
1: Yes. I think that's a – because some people are like, oh, don't foul. Just let him try to shoot a three and tie it. I think that's a great move, and it worked. That play worked because he missed the free throw, so you win the game. But the craziest thing happened where they get the ball tipped out to half court, half court heaved, and then the lay-in. It's, so it's, essentially that play worked, so I don't know if it's a choke necessarily, it's just a freak play that resulted in it being sent into overtime.
2: It was a defensive breakdown.
1: No, I wouldn't say it was a defensive breakdown. Yes, because it was. How, I mean, how are you supposed to defend off of a missed free throw that gets tipped? You don't practice that ever. That gets tipped all the way back to half court.
2: You don't think you practice in-game situation like that? Um, Off a missed free throw that gets tipped to the other I don't, free throw I don't think line? I don't no. Think, I don't
0: think that really goes into the I've pregame seen prep. i never that play happen uh, ever. No.
2: But you you always practice. You don't go pregame. game
1: yeah, you practice, obviously. Yeah, you practice but, late game situations, but not that late. I don't think that defensive breakdown is.
2: Oh, that's not fair. I just think a lot of things went into this game that Purdue hurt themselves that they did not. They they they, they should have won.
0: Absolutely, I, I, I can won say this they should have
2: won. They
1: should have won, yeah. But a freak play resulted in them not winning. I guess. I mean, well, it's not a joke. That's not fair. I don't think it's a joke. <laughs> Because they they had it won. They the guy missed the free throw, they're up two,
2: you get the ball, game over. They had it won, right? Yeah, you, they had it won. Right,
0: and that's a choke when you had it won and you don't win. If that's a choke uh, if that's a choke then yes? what is is the UCF game also a choke for what happened to them? No, because UC, you see uh, you gotta be able to block out on a re on, on the rebound. After yeah, a missed but, free throw. You have to.
2: Yeah, but uh, I guess. I guess you could, you, yeah. I mean, what were they up? They were up that entire game, weren't they? Duke was never, it was never a Duke controlled ball game. It was back and forth. It was, yeah, it, it was kind Duke,
0: of back and right, forth. You're right. It wasn't a Duke controlled ball
2: game. You're if right. anything, UCF had more control throughout that ball game than yes. Duke did. Yes. Yes. It could have been a choke.
1: That's harsh, man. Your assessment of a choke. I say a choke is if a choke you would have been if Tennessee lost
2: to y'all. That's a choke. You define it your. Yes, that it, that's a very, very polarized, bad choke. That's a you, choke. You, you said to yourself, if you have a game one and you don't. Not off of a freak buzzer reader like you that. you had a though. game one and you don't, that's a choke.
0: That's harsh. That's it is, harsh. right? I, I would say, yeah. It, you it can say be it's a considered a choke. A choke. That's uh, a harsh I, you, show.
2: you have a game 100% on the ESPN bit. percentage. You have a game 100% won. It was 99.9. 9. Okay, well, there you go. A 99.9% <laughs> won, and you end up losing the game. That's a choke. Anyway, down to Gonzaga. <laughs> yeah,
0: I, I mean, I, before we go down to Gonzaga, I do just want to mention Carson Edwards. won the most outstanding player in that South region. The first player to do Steph. so since the first player to win the most outstanding player in a region without being on the winning team since Steph Curry in 2008. Yeah. It was 2008. Lost to KU. After they lost
2: the old Bradley. to Kansas. Davidson.
0: No, Davidson. Davidson. Huh. Oh, my Lord. That wow. was horrible. That was horrible. That made me want to throw up a little bit. I even knew that. I even knew it was Davidson. I feel you like everybody on is, earth... Obviously.
1: Uh, you're <laughs>
0: that was a choke. You saying Steph Curry went to Bradley is a I choke. did not have a game.
1: You had it won and,
2: and
0: it No. It. No, 99.9% <laughs> of human beings know Steph Curry went to Davidson and you screwed it that's up. A so joke. That's guarantee a choke. That's a
2: guarantee I walk out this room and ask anybody in here. You go five people down the line, two people know he went to Davidson. No,
0: no way. Not in this, not in Wells Hall. Not where sports media people basically live here. No way, we're not all sports media people. No, I but mean, there's, there's a, a lot, lot of lot us of here.
1: I'd say about half.
0: I don't know. All right, <laughs> we, we don't know that. The other <laughs> two, the other two elite eight it. matchups, starting with yeah. the West Regional Final: Gonzaga taking on Texas Tech. Very, very good game in this one as well. But Jarrett Culver pushed Gonzaga over the t- or pushed Texas Tech. Over Gonzaga in Moretti this one. Moretti did some big shots, yeah, too. Davide Moretti was huge. Gonzaga
2: really had an easy route to the lead eight. I would say
0: they're is, been...
1: is Gonzaga the team that chokes the most in the tournament? Because this might be the best Gonzaga team they've ever had.
2: Well, they've had a championship the last five years. Huh? I don't know if you can call them the biggest team to choke in the tournament when you have a championship in the last five national, years. They
0: went, to a, national they haven't went won. to a national championship. They lost to North Carolina. They haven't won. So... I don't don't know if you I And what I will class, that North Carolina-Gonzaga game might be the worst national championship game of all time. That was so horrendous to watch. I sat at Carson's for two and a half hours waiting for my eyes to just start bleeding because it was horrible (laughs) to watch. That was an ugly game. Oh, so bad. They might be because they are always
2: uh, one seed, one seed, two seed, and they never win. Well, they're not coming from a power five. They, True, don't, they don't play these teams all year. They have power
1: five talent
2: this year.
0: I, 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 I do know. just want to say you think this might be the best Gonzaga team of all time. Could be. I'm never gonna I'm never ever gonna go against Adam Elio Morrison. Adam, Adam Morrison, Morrison. Oh. and on the that cover, Gonzaga NCAA team.
2: Basketball, 07. That 06
0: That O six Gonzaga team was so good and they were up by 17 points with nine minutes to go against UCLA uh, for a trip to go to a Sweet 16, and they would have absolutely rolled away with it. And they did. They choked. And that was the beginning of what we've seen from Gonzaga over the years. Other than that National Championship appearance, which if they would have played that anywhere Kevin near Love a competent college UCLA basketball team, too, they would have won it? that game. What?
2: Kevin Love, UCLA, too, wasn't it? Was he on that no. basketball team that he was Gonzaga? Not. Nope. When did he go to UCLA? Oh, hmm. wait. Uh, that was a... Final Him and Russell
1: Westbrook. F- Final. That was a good Final Four that year because you had Kevin Love and Russ, and then you had Derrick Rose for Memphis, yep. and then KU had a bunch of God, that was the, Cole Aldridge, that was on Collins, very, Mario Chalmers. That was, Say been what you will
0: most, about Kansas. That was a, such a good Kansas basketball. It might be the best ever.
2: That might have been the most exciting national championship game of all time. Derrick Rose. Make a free
1: throw. Make a free throw. <laughs> that, Come on. That might have been the
2: most exciting. Me- my
1: uncle, had my my hit, uncle hit, who's hit, a KU hit. fan went to that game. Went to that Final Four in San Antonio. Memphis brought me was back some up. memorabilia. Memphis
2: me. choked in that game, didn't they? Oh, yeah. They were
1: up here. Derrick huge. Rose missed the free throw that would have put him up four. Well, they, and Mario Chalmers comes down and hits the shot. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I love it. What do you
1: have here about Coach McCollum here for Texas
0: Tech? Oh, you're comparing him to Chris Beard. Yeah, the Q Coach McCollum conversation, which we had earlier in the show (laughs) about (laughs) the the fear that I have that that he could be leaving Northwest Missouri State sooner rather than later. Um, Moving on to the Midwest region, Auburn defeated Kentucky in in an all-SEC Midwest regional final. Advancing to the program's first Final Four, which I'll also mention about Texas Tech, was the program's first Final Four as well. Pretty cool. Virginia reached their first Final Four since I believe 1984. 1984. Ralph Sampson. Yep. Yes. Virginia. Yep. That, that Virginia team. <laughs> so um, they win that game 77-71, even without Chuma Akoke, Akiki, Akiki, sure. Okiki. I think is how you pronounce it. Bryce Brown and Jared Harper. Took over the load. Of course, uh, Okiki tore his ACL in the Sweet 16 game against North Carolina. But Brown and Harper were tremendous. They scored 50 points between the two of them. Brown scoring 24 and Harper scoring 26, pushing the Tigers to their first Final Four.
2: I can't believe my fraternity brother Sam Gall has predicted this right. I cannot. I can't even fathom. I think it started. Sam. I think this started off as joke. He'll be a sports media major next semester, by the way. Hey. <laughs> he, this started off as a joke. Well, he clearly say, he's smarter
1: than us three, so I mean. <laughs> someone
2: said, you won't do it. And he said, you want to bet? They said, yeah. And so he did. And he is looking like an absolute wizard right now. Yeah, and I'm oh. looking
0: completely ridiculous because I have zero teams currently in my final mm. four. I didn't pick any of these teams. Michigan State taking on Texas Tech. Virginia Docker. taking on Auburn. I didn't pick any one of them. I had Duke, Michigan, Tennessee, North Carolina. That's tough, Michigan and North Carolina that's tough. Didn't even make it out of the sweet sixteen, neither did Tennessee. It's true. I had thirteen of my sixteen sweet six teams right.
2: You can only blame yourself. I tried to and I them, had five
0: of safe. my elite eight teams right, yep, but. Michigan, Tennessee, and North Carolina, So who before, I had in my Final Four before we were the three that We got Duke.
2: We got nine minutes left. Let's incorporate this Sports Media Bracket Challenge. Austin, how are you doing in your bracket challenge? Uh, okay, so this is crazy how this is all going to play out. So I've been
1: sitting in first primarily throughout the entire thing because I had 14 Sweet 16 teams right. Uh, I did well in the Elite Eight, um, and then I got two Final Four teams right. Because you had you had you had Duke winning it all, right? I had Duke winning it all, which which that might come back her, to bite them. Which hurts, especially because Trevor has Virginia winning it all. So it, it's, there's so many different scenarios. How many that how many people are in the race? At uh, the top?
2: Four. Okay, so if so, so, talks- how,
1: so if Virginia and Texas Tech make it to the national championship game. Uh, and Virginia wins, then Trevor wins
0: the whole bracket pool. Which he's currently in fourth place, which is pretty miraculous. And
1: he's in fourth place. If Texas Tech wins the whole thing, Ryan Elliott wins the whole thing. And Ryan has been sitting in ninth place the entire bracket. And if Texas Tech wins the whole thing, he wins the bracket pool. If Auburn Auburn wins it all, I win the bracket pool. Uh, And if... Uh, Michigan State wins it all. Trent Spinner, the guy in our sports photography class, he wins it all. So everyone and I don't have Virginia or I don't have Auburn in my national championship game, but I need them to win so I can win the bracket pool. It's unreal. It's every
2: there's a four person race. I didn't hear are, I didn't hear Logan Webber in that conversation.
0: Yeah, I was in second place. <laughs> I was literally he like was ten to 20, twenty points behind behind him me the, the whole entire time. time. But so. I got where, he got. where are you sitting at now? Austin got 220, 240 points in his first in the round of sixty four. I got two twenty. He got two eighty in the second in the round of thirty two. I got two sixty. The sweet You're, sixteen. He got two hundred. I got one hundred sixty. <laughs> I got a big zero in the elite eight. Not a single point, and it's I won't rough. get a point for the final four or the national championship That's game. Brutal. I went from second place to sixth. The only person I'm ahead of right now is Sam Steinmeier.
1: Who had, who had gonzaga we tried gonzaga. to tell him we tried to tell him i mean he almost proved us all wrong cuz texas tech looked really well throughout the first
0: uh yeah we tried to tell him gonzaga wasn't going to do it tried to i mean just wasn't it, he just didn't he didn't want to listen man sounds i
2: to, sounds like someone else i know
0: if, is sitting if, in okay. room. The thing if duke,
1: if duke would have won on sunday this
2: thing would already be won i would have won it but uh, go one point. Go one point, I want way. I want this to happen for the Big 10 too. It's not that I just I'm on the Sparty train Texas all year. Tech. I really want the Big 10 to beat The Big 10's got to get one. Big 12, yeah. let's go. Big 10's
0: got to get one.
2: It's been almost 2 decades in Michigan State get good. Did it 2 decades ago. Get good. Get good. We are good. This is coming from a K-State fan. What do you mean get good? <laughs>
1: I
0: mean, Kansas is the only I'll team in the Big 12 to play in a line. national championship. Yeah, they never win in I mean, the last twenty five years.
2: All right, so let's let's make some picks now. Let's start from slate one zero zero final four: Michigan State, Texas Tech, Virginia, Auburn, national champion.
0: Michigan State taking on Virginia. Michigan State wins. This is really you tough. To
1: go, you want to go first? I'll say
2: go. F- yeah, yeah. go your first? To yeah. All right, you y'all know I'm taking Sparty. I got yep. them winning my actual bracket. Taking I Sparty. It. So are
1: you gonna beat Logan and I, or you'll probably have more points than Logan and I and
2: are just
1: between the three of us. Because probably, probably. you're the only one
2: that has your national champion left. Yep. Okay, so I got Michigan State. Tough. I'm taking Auburn over Virginia. I'm taking Michigan State, Auburn, and I'm taking Auburn to win it all in this little three-person huh.
0: room right here. It's
2: about time I you know,
0: want I, to pick him because he's gotten last place the other three times. We've that's done it, true. So. I'm not gonna. You're right. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs>
2: you're right. But um, you, you know, did win I, the, w- I, w- I one though, I was, I, it's it, a win-win yeah. for me at this point because if Michigan State wins, then I, my bracket, you know, I, checks out. That's good. Auburn wins. They've never done it before. That's also sweet. Um, and I think they're still the hottest team. That I really think they've been the hottest team throughout the the, the entire, you know. That was one of the questions the I put on here. Dance
0: so. It has yeah, it's definitely been Auburn. So,
2: um I'm taking Michigan State, yep. I'm taking Auburn, I'm taking Auburn over Michigan State seventy nine seventy two. I am taking Texas
1: Tech Sean to him. defeat not really a show. I think they're no it's not you think Texas you Tech's gonna think... win the natty? I do. Wow. <laughs> I do. I don't think that's that hot of a take either, honestly. I, I think the the way they've been playing in this tournament. They've been in control of all of the games they've played in. Um they haven't there has not been one game they beat a really good Buffalo team, probably the best 6 seed in the tournament. They manhandled them. Manhandled Michigan. Um they were in control of Gonzaga. Um and so I think and defense I think wins and that's why I think I can have the Defense them wins in <clears throat> you're taking Texas Tech? Yes. Hmm. Texas Tech has Top five defense in the nation. Okay, but here's an example where I don't think defense will win. I think Auburn beats Virginia, so I think it'll be I, I think a, a matchup between Texas Tech and Virginia would be amazing for for maybe not your average basketball fan because it could be. Just a slugfest, low well, scoring. Is that if that's but the case, for people who
2: are just nerds about the game of basketball? I think that would be amazing. I would hate that national championship because you'd see it like the the Super Bowl, Rams Patriots. Yeah, but it would be four in Zaga, North Carolina. Two, it'd be two teams have the, the You'd have a 49 The, 40 thing, nine,
0: the total. thing about the thing about those two games that I think differentiates from. What would happen with a Texas Tech Virginia game is the Patriots and the Rams were two teams that did not pride themselves on defense. You're right. Those I'm just were two saying of the, the scores, best offenses the in the league. Wise,
2: that's what Gonzaga
0: correlates. North Carolina. Those were the two of the best offenses in the league. Their offenses were horrible in that game. In those two games, the Patriots offense. Was horrible. The Rams' offense was even more horrible in that Super Bowl. I was Didaga's just Zagas' offense was horrible. North Carolina's offense was just a little bit less horrible <laughs> in that national championship game. These are two teams that play defense because that's what they hang their hat on, and I think that would make it more entertaining. But it would still have. be boring for your average college basketball fan. You're right. And I think, as I mean, I am a basketball nerd, but I, it would be kind of boring to me too because I'd rather see 85 81 final. Right. Yeah. Like we you saw. Wanna, with you want to see
2: some other balls go years. through. You know, go through the net. You don't want to see a bunch of missed shots because they're playing great defense. Like that's great. Defense wins championships. I get that.
0: But I think Texas Tech might. You want to see some Duke, flashiness honestly. going
2: into a national championship game. Texas I, Tech over Duke. I think I might have had. Yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know. If I don't I know. I don't that know that athletically uh, if Texas Tech could. deal. I don't know that that I can get behind that one.
3: Who would guard Zion? It's going to be so. a
2: beautiful, beautiful matchup between Culver and Winston. Absolutely beautiful matchup between those two guards. So we'll, we'll see. So you both have Michigan
1: State.
0: I, yeah, I think Michigan State will win it. You just
1: have a different national champion runner-up.
0: I just, I just think Michigan State. It's just like it's. Do it's we all been have Auburn, there.
1: or did you pick Virginia? He picked Virginia. I picked Virginia. Oh, okay. Okay.
0: It just seems like I'm. I'm going with the two teams that have kind of. I'm going
1: with the two hottest teams in the tournament. Virginia, not Auburn.
0: as much, because I mean, Virginia's never been State there. Not with Tony hot,
2: coming off a win over Duke. True,
1: winning the
0: Big Ten
2: tournament. Is Texas Tech not hot coming off uh, over a win over Did the Texas Zagar? Tech? Win the Big Twelve tournament. That doesn't matter. Clearly, they made it to the Final Four. I'm Does just, that matter? I'm just, I'm just asking. They're hot. Who is Auburn? Went from a six seed bubble team, really. 16 bubble team in the SEC yeah. tournament. They had to win it to get into the NCAA tournament. And now they've taken down 3 blue bloods in a stretch to the final four. I don't know how much harder you can get than that. But I think Michigan State, I mean, they've got their minds, their heads are just balloons because they took down Zion Williamson, RJ Barrett and Cam Reddish. And that's why I Could you say the same for Auburn though? Well, oh, oh she, that's did. what we just said. I just yeah, did. yeah,
1: yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. But they beat Kentucky. They didn't beat Duke. And North Carolina and KU. What do you mean? They beat a below-par KU team. That's fine. I will say that the, you the North Carolina it's, game it's is huge. It's never been done before. Right. That's huge. And, but Nochuma uh, 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 Okiki, Jeez, if I can pronounce it right, that's it makes the me crazy, nervous.
2: Well, the, absolutely, but they did that without him.
0: They, they beat, beat Kansas Kentucky. with him. They beat Kentucky without him, yeah. But P.J. Washington play, wasn't 100% what? healthy. Tyler Arrow played terrible. They shouldn't have beat Kentucky without him, but they did. Right. And I just think Michigan State, the reason I'm picking them, is it's a been there, done that scenario. Oh, absolutely. Tom Izzo, I don't, I don't been there, you, done but it's that. it's been a
2: while since they've been It has. There, it's been that. four years. Are you ever going to bet against They were Tom there in Izzo.
1: 2015 in the Final yeah, Four. They were, yeah, okay, yeah, they were there. But
2: when, when, I mean, it's been a while. Honestly, 2015. I, think it, I think it's going to come down to coaches. Kenny Goins was a the freshman on that team. Tech team. Oh, you're right. What's that? It's going to come down to coaching in this type Yeah, of and whether or, or not they've is. been there before. I like before. Chris Beard. I do. Over Tom Izzo?
0: Not over no, Tom No, not –
2: <sighs> I don't know. I think it's going Tom to be Tom Izzo is in an elite class with Roy Williams. Tom Izzo just finished Mike out-coaching Krusev- Mike Krzyzewski. Yes. Think about that for a second. He out-coached – I mean, literally – The It could have been you know. Mike Krzyzewski's best team he's ever had talent-wise. He's out-coached that.
1: It's going to be great. It's going to be. Absolutely when are they? Are tremendous. they? Is it so Saturday is it, night and then Monday? Monday is the national championship. Yep. So when we come back, the championship will be crowned. Yep. Yes. Yes,
0: it will. Then we can say I told you so. <laughs> Red Raiders it's gonna be i mean it's gonna be a lot of fun so for the bragging
1: rights on this show it's gonna come down to that that game that first it is. game
0: it is it's gonna it's gonna come down to texas tech michigan state who wins got a big 12 guy hoping that that the that texas tech wins one for the big 12 couple big 10 guys hoping michigan state gets one gets one for the big 10 that's gonna do it for us logan weber tucker quinn austin mcnorton